It is the Last Chair Shot podcast of February as we come to you here on the 28th of the month. Uh, you'll be listening to this on the 1st of March as we firmly plant ourselves in spring. It's all up from here, lads, um, as we as we soldier on in the year that just has to be better, even though it hasn't been yet. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Barry, joined, as always, by Joe. Hello, Barry. And Paul. Hello. Hello. Chair Shop Podcast called back there. Uh, we're back, lads. Last uh, last podcast of the month. How are you feeling? How, how are we feeling as we actually knocked two months off this year so far, which I actually can't believe? Yeah, ready, isn't it? This went to spring. We're getting to spring. Spring, spring-ish. That's what we're at. Yeah. So that's good. Good. Nice, nice bit of sunshine. That's, uh, makes me feel a lot better. It was really nice here today. Really, really nice. Yeah, it's been lovely. It's been lovely all weekend here as well. Yeah, so that's that's picked things up a little bit. Um, uh, you know, every little helps. Small victories and all that. That's what we've been talking about a lot. Um, yeah, I didn't get up to much in the week. Got plenty of uh, movie guffs and all the like to to chat about, but not um, not a whole lot of uh, of life guff for me this week. You guys been up to anything else? I know, I know, no goody February is 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 wrapping up um, as we speak. Yes, in fact, no goody February has come to an end, um, because I was coerced into having a McDonald's today. Oh, which on one hand you might, yeah, you might say that's that's falling at the final hurdle. That's not um, you've not done the no goody February. You didn't have the discipline to make it the whole way, but um, there was kind of a proviso, which was. If I could weigh in at 189 pounds, that I would go along with the McDonald's idea. Because I, I was the one against having a McDonald's, to be honest. I was going to just do it tomorrow. And then yeah. people were like, oh, but you know, there's Man United Chelsea today, and it's a Sunday. Do it on the Sunday. We do it on the Sunday. We get the McDonald's in. And so we did. Mm-hmm. And um, I did weigh in. As close to the weight limit as possible, I was one eighty nine point eight. Okay. Um, I don't remember the last time I was I was in the one eighties at all. Um, mm. Very much the the latter end of you know the office. We're both in our thirties. Um, what are you one eighty nine? Or or is there's that episode of The Simpsons? Is, is Homer like? 239 or something. He's like, I'm 239 and feeling fine. And then is Mr. Burns or someone calls him a fat pig or something. A fat pig, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of where I am. Like, um, over the course of no goody February, I went from 196 to one, let's say 190. Uh, which is good going. Good going. So even though I've I've um, had the McDonald's now, which we'll get onto the McDonald's, by the way. Because fucking okay, McDonald's is a whole other thing, right? But we had the McDonald's, and um, that's all I had. I didn't have anything else. I didn't have any of the usual um, suspects: crisps, ice cream, chalky, coke. <laughs> didn't have any of those suspects yet. And theoretically, going into March now, I, I would be able to have all that. But I, I'm almost thinking maybe I'll do another month of it. Because £6 is pretty good. 
if I can get down to uh, UFC mm. middleweight 185, I think that would be really good. Um, okay. But Mc- speaking of McDonald's, looking forward to McDonald's all, literally all month, okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know this is going to be good. <laughs> and as you guys know, I'm a man who enjoys a special, um, you know, special request order when I make my order, right? Like I like a plain, <laughs> a plain burger. I don't like. I don't. I don't order a la carte. Oh, okay. I don't order a la carte in in shape. I thought you meant. Know. I thought you meant just. I thought you meant just everything twice. I <laughs> <laughs> have everything on the menu, please. Um, no, I like a plain. I like a plain burger. But when I went to Uber Eats, where usually it has the little mm. special instructions box mm. or whatever mm. that was just that was just gone so when i went i put in my Ooh. i put in my whatever my big fat order i said i'll have a uh double quarter pounder or whatever like completely big old burger and then i went to add add to order where that little box was usually wasn't there um and so i had to have chicken nuggets out of fear of, like, they're going to bring me a burger that I'm not going to want to eat, so I have to have chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. I don't think I've ever had chicken nuggets in my what? before, by the way. Chicken nuggets. Uh, well, awful. They're bad. That, also, like, what? I'm... What? What part of that well, do you have actually, a problem with? Like, uh, all of it. Uh, but, like, uh, how have you never had chicken? Do you think chicken nuggets are bad? For, yeah, they're 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 really bland. But that's why you, that's why you get lots of sauces. It's like it's like that scene in Breaking Bad. It is just a receptacle <laughs> to to sauce. Uh, and you, you do one of each. You do you do. That was the that was the point of that scene, wasn't it? That sauce is the point of McNuggets. Yeah, yeah, but you and me, that's that's the context that we read into everything we watch, isn't it? Isn't the point of Godzilla that food is good or something? Yeah. Oh. And then and then and then it was the ultimate condemnation of the fact that the um uh uh French sauce wasn't good was that he kills himself at the at the end, you know. Yeah. So so that's what. That's We're our, getting that's into the the burgers are the buns territory here, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So okay, but my my other my other thing I wanted to pick you up on there that that threw me was that right. you were so worried they weren't going to get your order right, you just threw out the concept of having a burger. No, because I couldn't put my little special instructions. There's I was I wasn't able to do it, so I could only order a burger <laughs> as it comes. <laughs> Pick it off. Pick off the shit you don't want. Uh, no, no, I'm not doing pick off the shit, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> I I hate gherkins. They are disgusting. They are vile, right. slimy t- toads and a burger. But I never bother writing in the thing. Don't give me. I just, just you know, just get yeah, out of there. If, if he doesn't want ketchup and mustard and the little bits of onion, like you're going to scrape them off with a knife. That's that is very difficult. <laughs> You know what Paul's like. He's a fussy. He's a fussy bleeder. (laughs) Yeah. Even a hint of mustard, he's gonna go. (laughs) (laughs) But that's one of the reasons why like Burger King, because their whole ethos is we'll make it whatever way you want it. Yeah. Whereas McDonald's, or I don't know if it's a McDonald's, it's probably more an, an Uber Eats issue. 
Um, mm. and look, I, admittedly, I'm also aware of the fact we're living in COVID times where they have reduced menu and da, 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 da. but let me get a fucking plain burger, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, there is an option, right? I could have made the order and then called the restaurant and said, I'm after putting an no. order in. Yeah, absolutely. No I'm not doing that. No, no, no. no. I'm, not no, 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 no. I'm calling you. Like, like who? Who, <laughs> who like chooses a... to phone a person these days? Absolutely not. No, but like, like no. the most desperate man who's who's not had a goodie for a whole month to go. I I, I just made an order there. <laughs> you told me I'm the one with the uh, thirty euro order. <laughs> Don't put any shite on me. But if I, said, if I see an onion, I'll blow up the toes. <laughs> You'll be getting a little anthrax letter through the. <laughs> so, moral of the story, uh, or whatever. Yeah, chicken nuggets were a bit boring. Chips were good, though. The chips are good. Chips good. Yeah, chips good. that's the that's the main thing, to be honest. Yeah, um, I did I did have a McDonald's lunch today. Um, uh, that was that was quite tasty, and I will say it was a rare occasion. I like this is always the gamble with McDonald's. It's the gamble when you go into the McDonald's, but it's double the gamble when you get it delivered. Is that right. like it's probably going to be cold? It's going to be cold most likely by the time you get it because yes. they don't. It is not a it is not a hot food restaurant. It might as well be a fucking ham sandwich with the temperatures they serve it at you. But and this is even though like I live in the middle of the city, I am about a five minute walk from McDonald's. It still comes to be cold. But today was the rare occasion. I don't know, like fucking end of February miracle or whatever the fuck where it came and it was actually actually hot and I was like, Well this is this is stupendous. I mean like I couldn't ask for a better end to to many goody February that I've been having. Um See, I think that's the advantage though of not living in the city is it's easier for someone to just pick it up and drive it straight to you. I assume the 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 Uber or whatever is busier in in yeah. big city areas, so Joe, for example, I think I said before in London that it's took hours before to arrive. Yeah. Oh, that being yeah. said, if McDonald's was a five-minute walk away, I'd probably just walk and get it rather than yeah. wait for it to be brought. Come well, on, I'm, I'm not going out there. They all have COVID. What are you talking about? I'm not even house. <laughs> but I will have their COVID-handed food once they bring it to my yeah. door. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's worth. Well, they put too. a bit of tape on it. They put the tape on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it cannot get through the tape. That yeah. is like an airlock in a hospital. <laughs> the little tape <laughs> on the top of the bag. Um, yeah, our closest McDonald's, I think I've said before, is like twenty-five minutes walk. That's too far. That's too far. Um, yeah. And the closest Burger King is an hour forty-five walk, which at the moment, no, 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 not allowed. That's more than five kilometers away. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so I've had one one Burger King meal in the last <laughs> year and a half. Wow! Which was very, very, which was very, very nice. Of, think of that as a treat when you're able to travel and and, and all that yeah. jazz. Uh, that would be nice. That would be nice. <sighs> because even the thing with McDonald's, as we know, even if I was able to order the burger as I wanted, that McDonald's burgers are a bit shite anyway, aren't they? Mm. Compared to yeah. a, compared to a Burger King burger, or obviously compared to a. Uh, a gourmet burger establishment of any, of any yeah, kind. yeah. Um, um, I, I did end up making myself a burger later in the day as well because we had the McDonald's probably around three 
four in the evening. And I made myself a little <laughs> flat burger to try and emulate as closely as possible. Double meat march. But as it was no goody February, I used um, less than 5% fat lean um, beef mince. Okay. So I still okay, a good that, boy. That, Doesn't taste that as good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was fine. So do I ate you, that just. Do you, do you have a a McDonald's official or faux McDonald's burger sauce that you use? Um, I just whack ketchup on it. To be honest. Fair it's enough. Good. Fair enough. Yeah. I um after having it today, I was also thinking to myself, I'm trying to cook more, obviously, and and I not just cook the same things I cook all the time. So I was trying right. to think to myself, like you said there, I was like, I should try and make a nice thin mcdonald's burger maybe i'll make that my uh my project have i have i spoken um speaking of, of their sauce have i spoken about my sauce odyssey on this show yet over the last two weeks is that the new no, mario no. game <laughs> uh, it's where he's like trying to get a hand job or something is it um, <laughs> get his mario sauce out of his out of his toad um anyway <laughs> no dreadful i i a couple of weeks ago went to the butcher to get some nice to get some nice good quality non-shitty little packed meat i wanted to go to butcher get some nice right. fresh meat for dinner i can't remember what we were having i think it was like it was like turkey burgers or something i didn't want any frozen turkey i want the nice yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah real deal and as i was and as i went up to the the um classic next to the register impulse buy they had these big fucking fat bottles of like takeaway sauce basically it was like they they were big enough that a that a chipper would buy them and it was garlic and it was sweet chili and i bought one of each it's the classic i know brona sends me out to get stuff for dinner and i come back with magic beans but um um and so i got home and like whatever we we didn't have it that night but it's like a couple of days later, we like got a takeaway delivered and had chips, and so I got the garlic sauce out, and it is the nicest goddamn garlic sauce uh, that has ever graced a chip in this house. It was so, so tasty. And so in a matter of weeks, this gigantic bottle has worn down, and then in the last week, disaster struck. The butcher I got it in has has closed its doors because of the, the financial impact of the bastard pandemic, and... I can't, I can't find this sauce anywhere else in town. To the point, I have emailed the people on the the back of the bottle. Going, Does anyone else in Limerick have this sauce, or will you sell it to me? Because oh when you when you go on their website, they, it's like an Irish brand. It's like a local local enough business. I don't think it's based in Limerick, but one of the surrounding counties. You go on their right. website, and it, it doesn't have a buy option. It's obviously a wholesaler. They just sell to butchers and takeaways and all of the stuff. So I'm like, well, how how much do I have to? And they haven't gotten back to me. So I want I'm gonna have to send them an email. And say please answer. Me. I just want some garlic sauce. Um. That's have you still got, have you still got the answer. bottle, though, have you? Yes, yeah. Okay, you need to just go around to takeaways, showing them the bottle, going, you have this? Uh, I can buy it. I, I, just, I just agreed earlier that I wouldn't call McDonald's on the phone. <laughs> to ask, to <laughs> to put you email Mr. Sauce, man. 
I'm not gonna, I, you know, I've emailed, yeah, but I'm not gonna go up to the another local butchers and queue and then get to the front and say, sorry, I don't, I don't actually want to buy anything. Do you have, the, uh, the, um, you know, uh, this particular brand? That, no, I don't want that garlic sauce. I want this garlic sauce. Okay, do you have a contact in the biz that can get me this sauce? Do you know what I mean? Because they won't answer my emails. And they go, I do have an email address. No, no, I've done the email. It's not good. <laughs> uh, address. I'll go knock on their door. Yeah. It's, not based, it's not based in the city. It's outside by 5K, so I can't, I can't yeah, go knock yeah. on their door. Because the next step is you taking some kind of forensics lab to have. <laughs> yeah, reverse engineering. Yeah. yeah. I'm like freaking Rick and Morty over here trying to get that sauce. Oh, pickle um, Rick. Uh, Pickleberry, oh, so funny. Um, oh. Anyway, that I suppose that's my life off is that I went and tried to find sauce. Right. Um, we still have the dog, obviously, as I of showed course. you guys. I think before mm. the dog is just here licking me on the knee right now, Ooh. um, which I'm not really into. But... Okay, <laughs> stop! It's biting nice. on the hand. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad bite, but you now when the dog just got, yeah. Yeah, so we keep mind the dog. The dog is still like we still love the dog. The dog's great. The dog is still pissing on the floor every chance he gets. Oh, like no. the dog will be outside for two hours and will wait to come back in to piss on the floor. Yeah. To be fair, oh, there's not God. been poops lately. There's not been secret poops that I'm not aware of. There's not been poops. But pee. <laughs> still peeing. But not not at nighttime anymore. The dog's been very good sleeping at night, not Pooping and peeing on the floor while we're sleeping. Um, and I took the dog a walk today, and that was very nice, just my own. Hmm. Um, because I was trying to lose those last point two of a pound before McDonald's, so I took cutting weight. Yeah, yeah. I seriously did kind of do a weight cut between <laughs> yesterday and today. I I went on a ten thousand step walk in the morning yesterday, right? And then later in the day. I did that walk again for no reason. Right. Um, so I did about 20,000 steps yesterday just to get the weight, weight down and down and down. Um, but life-wise, that's pretty much it for me. What about you, Joe? Oh, nothing nothing too exciting. Um, the, pl- the pleasant weather this week meant uh, the first gardening of the year. Um, mm. The old, the old lawn mower came out, saw a bit of action for the first time since October. Ooh. So that was good. The good thing is, last year it was an, an absolute nightmare because uh, both the front and back garden and the patio and the driveway was just full of weeds. Like it was just right. weeds nonstop. No grass, just weeds. Um, this year, I think after all the work we did last year, it was actually in pretty good shape. So we went out for about an hour. Mowed the lawn, picked a few weeds, boom, tidied up. It was done, and it looks it looks pretty good. So it sh- does show that a little bit of hard work does pay off in the long run if you can be bothered. Um, there you so, go. Uh, we were happy with that. Um, other bit of a saga at the moment. It's becoming a saga. It hasn't been really been a saga up to this point, but it's becoming one. It's the saga of my thing, Timberland boots. So. Michelle and I, we were going for walks earlier in the year, like January, February, going to the local park. Very muddy. Mm. It's very muddy, of course. Right. And in, in these sort of wet and windy uh, aisles in which we live, um, 
gets very muddy. And we don't have any, we don't have any Wellingtons, we don't have any walking boots. We go out in our trainers, right? Because trainers. I, the other, well, probably about six weeks ago, attempted to bravely walk through what I can only describe as a bog. Um, and I don't mean a toilet, I mean an actual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thinking it wasn't that deep, and my trainer literally went about three inches into down into the mud, up through the trainer, into the sock, through the sock, into the feet. Oh, um, no. And then, of course, you know, half an hour walk home as well. So anyway, we both decided to buy some Lovely. actual proper yeah. kind of boots, some actual boots that we can wear when we go for a walk. Um, so Michelle ordered, I ordered some mm. direct from the website and michelle they didn't they didn't really have any women's timberlands on there for some reason or at least not on sale and um, so she got she got hers from another another shop and hers came within like four days mine however and this was a month ago i got the confirmation on the 3rd of february still not arrived still not arrived i'm going to track checking uh track, check the tracking details uh they're still sat at the, the london depot somewhere and that's been the case for a month now. So right. I thought, I know, like, we've all had the woes with the deliveries, barriers, you know, spoken at length um, yeah. this, uh, this issue with the deliveries. So I thought, you know, I'll give it a few. I'm not going to, like, chase them straight away because uh, yeah, it's probably, probably going to take a while. So I've left it now. I'm wondering if I've now left it a bit right. late because it's been a month. <laughs> They've just been either sat somewhere or someone's nicked them or someone else has signed for them and kept them. But um, yeah, I'm now getting into right. the saga to trying to find my Timberland boots. And um, well, I'm, I'll have to check in with you next week to see what I come back with. But I'm not not too optimistic. Uh, who knows? No. Have you sent an email already? Or Yeah, I sent one today. Finally got around to sending one today. Okay. No response yet, but I'm going to keep an eye on it. But that's okay. that's chapter one in the, uh, the boot, missing boot saga. So. Stay tuned for more on that as the uh, as the weeks unfold. But uh, yeah, that's that's as exciting as, as life got gets uh, this week. That's the story. That's the story of COVID, more so than the the death, the illness, <laughs> is the postal woes of the three of us. Um, yeah, that that sounds a lot like when I was trying to order a t shirt from rev pro that one time and i just had to have them send out replacement because it never arrived and it was showing like yeah. you say on on royal mail um like step one or whatever i'm like well yeah, yeah. i don't have it well, and then where is it? it worked yeah it worked second time but not first time. Crazy. Crazy. oh dear you mentioned lawnmower and that reminded me as well of a lawnmower anecdote the first time i ever listened to the old ricky gervais podcasts i was mowing the lawn Mm. in my (laughs) wow i don't know why that came to my head just now but i have very vivid memories of listening to series one of the podcast which is the first thing i ever listened to um i never listened Mm. to xfm prior to that and this would have been maybe very early 2006 because i think it was before definitely before season three came out maybe just after season two was released um did you guys see as well there's a podcast that i don't know why the idea never came to my head especially when we were doing our rewinds but there's like a rewind podcast for those xfm shows that two randomers do no i didn't know that yeah i've seen it on the i'm not sure 
It's not Pilkopedia approved, so... Yeah. It isn't, and they don't follow any of us. And we were there on the ground floor. Who are these two oh, 2014 XM listeners doing a rewind podcast? You know, oh. we have, a, we have a, a literal rockbuster winner from the original rockbusters, not the rehashed yeah. podcast oh, the version, in oh, our midst, right at the second. Yeah. So, yeah. No, so no, I would no, say no. if they do yeah, want mean, to. Yeah. Um, Invite me on. I will go, <laughs> but I won't be happy about it. I mean, uh, the, yeah. I mean, no, none of us care or read that form or do anything relating to it anymore. But but still, but still, that is mine. That, that, yeah, um, we're still allowed to gatekeep. So yeah, exactly, you know, they've got a fucking Patreon account. Oh, what? Having a lot. We don't have one of those. They're getting sixty-five quid a month. That's outrageous. That's fucking outrageous. Literally pay for even splitting it three ways and taking out Patreon costs or whatever. That would probably still pay for Adobe Premiere for a month for me. Wow. Wow. Anyway, I bet they have no insight whatsoever about the actual episodes because we were there on the ground floor, brother. I bet, I bet they don't even get the jokes. No. Oh, monkey news and that. Oh, great. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, that was just a little little Ricky Gervais aside. Um, he's not dead yet, is he, Ricky Gervais? No, uh, he's still plugging along. A know. shame. Anyway. Um, he, he insists on living because despite what he says publicly, he fears God. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he does. He, that's why he. That's why he. That's why he spends yeah, all his yeah. money on staying alive. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll jump into a bit of old. Telly Guff. Um I haven't watched the new WandaVision yet. How how is it? I watched the new one. Joe, are you okay. still not on the ground floor on WandaVision not, yet? Not on the bandwagon as of recording. Right. What I would suggest is if you care. Very possibly like me, you don't really care. <laughs> but I assume when the finale hits. It's going to be one of those things that's just everywhere mm. and will be impossible to avoid hearing about. Um, hopefully, like me, you're just extremely naive because um, I don't know if I've probably told the story before. I, I'm sure I have. But when the Baby Yoda meme started and was everywhere, yeah. Oh, yeah. that I didn't put one and one together that that was from The Mandalorian. <laughs> no. So when I, when I later came to the Mandalorian. I, th- I think I, I second episode still wasn't out yet or something. Maybe maybe there was a handful of episodes out. But when I watched episode one and at the end, I think we're late enough now that we can say at the end of the first episode of the Mandalorian, there is a baby Yoda in it. Um, mm-hmm. I had a kind of epiphany, a moment of realization of, oh, that's what the baby Yoda meme is. Because I just thought someone had just made a meme of, oh, baby Yoda. Because um, So I imagine WandaVision... There's already been a moment like that in WandaVision. There's, there's not like a baby owner or anything, but there's been a moment that oh. kind of went to viral. There's <laughs> going to be... Yeah, I wish there was. Um, I'm sure whatever happens in the finale is also equally going to be everywhere and impossible to avoid. So, um, if, you don't, uh, if you don't mind about that, and just we'll, we'll get, get to it when you get to it, I'm sure that's fine. Um, anyway. It. Yeah, it's, it's very quick. Like, you can whiz through the yeah. entire series in probably about four mm. hours yeah um 
So anyway, episode eight. Um, I said last week that episode seven, I thought it was the weakest of the series. I think episode eight was even weaker. Um, okay. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's not so, so severe that I'd say like the wheels have started to fall off it, but not far off. Um, I think, I think once they started to reveal in a more significant way, what is going on, it it kind of lost its initial charm and kind of went down the typical MCU route, right? To the point yeah. now where it feels like rather than feeling like a unique, different show, which it did initially, it didn't feel very MCU initially until like episode three did, and then the latter episodes do. But this one especially, <sighs> I don't know. First of all, it's it's as a, as an episode leading into the finale, it doesn't ramp stuff up and leave you on the cliffhanger going into the final hour or whatever it's going to be. Instead, it almost it almost feels like, even though the footage is all new, right? It, it, just, it, yeah. it almost feels like tonally and everything feels a bit like a clip show. It's funny that we just talked about clip shows last week. Um, as it, it suddenly stops its forward momentum and spends a, an entire hour filling in gaps in the backstory right um so i don't know um it was fine i suppose but it's it's definitely feeling more and more mcu than it ever has and you know it is mcu yeah but it started to feel also there was a revelation in the episode that people now when i say people online i mean specifically MCU fans online. Weirdos, right. yeah, weirdos. Freaks. Um, yeah. yeah, they're not quite as bad as the, the Zack Snyder folk, but they're like one tier. <laughs> right? um, that MCU folks were treating as some big like revelation. Oh, they've never said that in the actual MCU. But I, it completely went over my head. I didn't even realize it was supposed to be like a big deal or was a big deal. Um, so... I won't spoil it necessarily in case it's just something that was to me not important. Yeah. But um there there is a moment where a character in episode eight says to uh Wanda of the titular eponymous one one division says um like a revelation about who who that character is, right? And I was like but don't we know that already? <laughs> Isn't that supposed to be a thing? And then I saw on Twitter people like, oh, they actually never said that before. That is the first time they said that. Who cares? Who yeah, who cares? cares? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um I, I'm less excited about the finale than I would have been if the quality of episodes from like one, two, four, five. They're like to me the strongest episodes. Three was a bit boring, and everything after five, I don't think has lived up to the cliffhanger of five. Um, so it is what it is. Okay. Uh, I yes. haven't watched yes. anything. No, there was no drag race this week. Um, we haven't got back to Corey yet. Um, so no, no other TV for me. Okay. Um, I haven't watched too much television this week. Uh, I restarted since they put it up on Disney Plus Atlanta uh, nice. with uh, Don Glover and Brian Tyree Henry and the like. Uh, it's really, it's really fun. It's really easy watch as well. I think it's um, 
It's uh, one, of, one of those shows that I think will probably get a good uh, a good workout now that it's on a normal streaming service. Uh, yeah, so so really enjoying that about halfway through season one. I never actually finished season two, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I don't think I watched anything new, except, actually, I almost forgot. Uh, don't adjust your sets, folks. This is not WrestleGuff, but I did watch Young Rock, the first two episodes oh. of the uh, of the new NBC sitcom thing, produced and starring Dwayne Johnson. Um, and it is a fine, cute little sitcom. I, I, I wouldn't say it's must-watch for anyone who's looking for a new sitcom or wrestling fans. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's, it's anything on those lines, but I think, it, I think it is a, a, an amusing watch. Hang on, I gotta sneeze. No, I don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the premise, the show feels like you can tell a million miles away that it's so it's not just like someone bought the rights to the story this is a Dwayne Johnson he's being hands on with this project cuz it is it is the most vanity project ever and they've they've gotten some talented folks in some good actors it's decently well written and all that other stuff but it just really smacks of like so the premise is in the first episode it's um Dwayne in 2032, I think it is, is um, he's won a primary to run for president. Okay, so set about 10 years in the future. Doesn't say what party he's in when he's running the president because this is The Rock. Oh, controversial. So he's like, and it's like, if, if The Rock was like, he, this is like one thing he would never admit, obviously, he would never say. And that, it's not relevant either. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm joking a little bit, but also it's very him. And then it's like, there's a bunch of stuff where, like, he's talking about the uh, not-so-great days of his childhood, and his media publicist is like, whoa, 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 don't say that, you're running for president. He's like, hey, we're, we're being real here in this interview. And then it's like how he, like, stole some shoes when he was 12, <laughs> you know? And it's like, it's like, it's so him, do you know what I mean? Because he wants, right. he, he always, he, in his interviews and in his, like, his weird online persona, he always wants to convey... His, his human story and his rough upbringing and he had it hard going and he did some things he's not proud of but it's always shit like that it's always like you know i i stole something to impress a girl i didn't have it easy but you know it's and it's all very it's a very sanitized rough early life do you know what i mean and and that that is translated in the show but i will say it's it's abusing enough so they have um they have three separate young actors playing Rock. There's like a ten year old Rock. There's a a a fifteen year old who kind of seems like the the main thrust of the show is kind of about teen Rock in uh, in high school. Um, those are the seven dollars in my pocket stories. Do you know what I mean? It's like um, his dad, Rocky Johnson, is uh, kind of falling on not necessarily hard times, but he's he's doing the shitty little indies, working at the flea market. Um, bigging everything up and talking about how he's this big wrestling star, but he's not anymore. And the family's poor and the mom has to get a cleaning job. That's the thrust of it. And then there is a guy playing rock in his, I think he's supposed to be a 20 year old. And it's his, when he goes to play football uh, before becoming a wrestler. Um, so the first episode, you get a little bit of each of those characters. And then the second episode is mostly teen rock. I'm, I'm curious how they're going to do it going forward. If it's going to be like, one episode will be 
okay, this is an entire episode about when he played football. This is an entire episode of when he was 10 years old. Right. Yeah, or if they'll mix and match it up, I don't really know. But it's 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 funny. It's 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 your it's your kind of despite all the the wrestling. Um, uh, there's lots of wrestling lingo in it. There's lots of I was living the gimmick. That's a shoot, brother. Um, I kind of appreciate that they they don't they say all that stuff and it's a little bit cringe. But I do appreciate that they don't explain all of it, which is good. They don't stop like so. So he explains to it and the interviewer the whole the whole framing device of the series. The whole series is basically him talking to an interviewer for the the presidential thing. So that that's that. Um, which, funnily enough, is the um, the Asian guy from One Division. What's his Park. name? Randall Park. That's it. I couldn't. Uh, he's he's the interviewer, and he's he's good. He's, he's as he is he's in One Division. He's, like he's, he's, he's 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 very entertaining. Um, so uh, so he explains to him in the first episode what working the gimmick is. Um, okay. You know, uh, kind of <laughs> within the context of my dad. Uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but he had to dress nice when we were yeah. on our way back to our shitty motel because he had to convey to the fans he was a star. And that's like, yeah. that's fair enough. And But then there's other moments where like, uh, like Arthur uh, and Sika and Rocky and Andre the Giant are all sitting around playing poker and they're having a joke and then Rocky's like, that's a shoot. And I appreciated that they didn't stop and say, when he says it's a shoot, what that actually means <laughs> is they don't bother doing that, which I appreciate. I, I would have I would have lost patience very quickly if it turned into here's what wrestling speak is, which I, I enjoyed. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's an easy half hour watch. He learns a lesson at the end of episode. episode uh, don't steal. Um, love your mom. And that's all we've learned so far. But that's good. I, I'll use that advice going <laughs> forward. <laughs> um, and then the end. The end of the second episode, which I guess will segue into the third uh, next week, is um, he he, ta- he takes a girl on a date to a flea market to see his dad wrestle. He doesn't know it's a flea market. He's kind of embarrassed. But his dad impresses him, and the girl enjoys the show, and so all this sort of stuff. And then at the end of the second episode, some dude comes up to him and says, maybe your dad can fucking main event the bins around the back of the school or some shit like that. And Young Rock... Young Rock levels him with a a, a shoot punch. Oh. Um, does he spit uh, on his hand before he hits it? He doesn't. I'm I'm wondering if like his like his early film work, if he will squeeze in a rock bottom at some point oh, in the will, film. He will. He, he has will. to. Um, yeah, he has to. He has to. Um, Let us know how that wrestling lingo storyline goes, because I'm still waiting to find out what that Gizzerl has busy bizoobs means. <laughs> <laughs> that one's still going over my head. Um, but yeah, so so far so good. I'll 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 keep it up. Uh, you know, even though it's 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 not it's not musty, but I think I think it's cute. Okay. And the the act the actors they've gotten for the parents and for the different stages are rock good. And also the wrestlers are pretty good, except for Ric Flair. They got, they just got some jabron with long blonde hair to be Ric Flair, who wasn't in shape, didn't look like him at, at all. They had like a great Roddy Piper. They had a great fake Roddy Piper and they had right. the worst Ric Flair imaginable. I don't know where they got this guy, but, um, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's enjoyable enough. That's about it for the telly for me this week. Very good. Um, I watched the first episode of Young Rock. Uh, as well, uh, okay. I actually forgot to uh, last week. So I watched it last week, but um, yeah, similar thoughts. I find it a bit strange that having the three different ages, because uh, they're quite distinct um, eras. It's like seventies, eighties, early nineties, and it's like a lot of jumping around from eras and um, different kind of people. So it's a bit strange that they went that way. But um, yeah, it was quite. It was fun. So, so, yeah. 
It's good. Um, we also finished watching uh, The Detectorists, the uh, Mackenzie Crook um, sitcom where he plays a, a metal detectorist who goes around fields trying to find treasure, basically. So we came to the end of that, and I was really sad because it's a really okay. kind of sweet, quite kind of very gentle sitcom, but it is, it is quite funny. Um, so, yeah, we got to the end of that. They did three seasons in a Christmas special. Um, I think it was actually finished like a few years ago. Um, but, yeah, really, really enjoyed watching that. So if, if um, you never checked that out, I would definitely... Definitely recommend like, giving a go, giving that a go. Um, and then we've also been diving deep into our Discovery Plus subscription. So if you don't know, uh, Discovery have launched their own streaming platform. It launched it, I think, right at the start of the year right. or Christmas. So of course we were we were signed up on day one because they've got the entire ninety day fiance uh, kind of multiverse uh, back catalog. You know they've got the main okay. ninety. Beyonce, they've got Before the 90 Days, they've got um, 90 Days, Where Are They Now, they've got 90 Days, The Single Life, they've got, oh, what's the other one, 90 Days, Happily Ever After, um, 90 Days, Pillow Tour, and there's about seven or eight others. Like they, it, it genuinely has more, more kind of different franchises than the Marvel Universe, honestly. Yeah, I was um, like, is this the Disney Plus new slate for uh, summer 2021? Yeah, it's fantastic. And they've kind of moved everything exclusively to, to Discovery Plus, so you can't get it on sort of the people channels anymore. So we plugged okay. down. It's five for a month, but we do get to watch our trash uh, whenever we want. So that's, you know, the, the benefit of these streaming services. And it's global as well, which I appreciate. Like, I don't I hate these streaming services that are just US only. It's like... HBO Max, you know what I mean? I don't, you've got to go global these days, otherwise uh, it's bullshit. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's why I appreciate Discovery Plus, you just kind of get everything worldwide. So we're currently working working our way through the um, 90 Day Fiancé back catalogue, which is kind of intriguing. So, and I have I have even gone to the trouble of creating a spreadsheet um, to track the different series that we're going to watch. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many. And you have to kind of watch them in a certain order because some of them are like, before the couples get together, during, and then kind of following up. <laughs> you kind of want to watch it and find out like what happens to them and then and avoid the sort of spoilers. So, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to kind of working our way through them. It's, uh, You'll have to find yeah. a, a wiki page or something that has the uh, the dates. I'll start my own. Each. I'll start a 90-day yeah, yeah. EDO forum <laughs> and do a, <laughs> do, a, do a podcast. Yeah, we do a rewind podcast in a, in 10 years. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. Is that all our telly for the week? It is. Alrighty, we can uh, jump on then to the movie golf. Uh, Paul, how's the uh, the the Godzilla um, series working for you? Godzilla series uh, is going good, Barry. Thank you for asking. Uh, I've only watched three this week. Um, the last one of the original series, uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla, which I thought was really good. Um, it's actually a direct sequel to Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, which I talked about last week. But it's got a, it's got a good. Let me just pull up the, the old letterbox. Uh, it's got a real good plot. I really like the the idea behind it. Um, uh, do 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 Terror of Mechagodzilla. 
um, yeah, the aliens were done better than they've done, been done previously because every second of these early Godzilla films is aliens want to take over the Earth, so they send the monster. Heroes, Heroes done a bit more subtly, a bit better. Uh, the overall the overall film felt a bit more cohesive, a bit more compelling than the the original one. And also, because Mechagodzilla got destroyed at the end of the first movie, there's a um, there's a whole little sequence of them rebuilding the giant robot. And for a 1975 movie, it's got a nice shot of like all the little people standing at the feet of this giant like robot monster. I thought that looked really good. Um. And that was the last of the original Godzilla movies, which stretched from 1954 to 1975. Um, now, this is the era where people talk about Godzilla is, is people who like Godzilla, first of all, right? Uh, that the charm is it's a guy in a rubber suit and it's wacky. Yeah. But there's like 15 movies in that 20 year span. And I was just getting tired of it towards the end of. Like, yeah, initially there's the charm of the suit is like cartoony looking. The eyes are like big bulbous eyes and he's got the wacky, like little sticky out T-Rex arms. But the suit is all the suit is all like cheap looking by the 15th movie in the series. I was like, right, I need I need something different. I need them to start taking Godzilla like serious again. Turn him back to be like the villain rather than (laughs) throw the suit on Godzilla. <laughs> this, this American badass Godzilla comes up. The <laughs> Sexual chocolate Godzilla was just not doing it for me anymore. We needed we need Hall of Pain Godzilla back in here, you know. <laughs> well, this is the problem, you know. Obviously, Big Show is in the news, but between Terror of Mechagodzilla, Return of Godzilla, and Godzilla vs. Biollante, Godzilla turns about two times. <laughs> um, but no, Terror of Mechagodzilla was real good. And then that, that was the last movie they made between 1975 and 1984. So 1984 was when it came back, almost a decade later, with The Return of Godzilla, which was a reboot of the series, which obviously we're used now to reboots and series being... These days, yeah. But... Um, they retconned the previous 14 films and this was just a sequel to the original 1954. So okay, Godzilla was still... Of, shades of Halloween, you know. Yeah, exactly. So Godzilla is still the uh, the monster who's destroying cities and people are like, oh no, Godzilla, shoot him with tanks and stuff, rather than Godzilla coming to save them from space monster or whatever. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, it being it 1984, it felt a lot more like you know, that classic 80s B-movie versus the kind of, er, you know, early 70s, late 60s Star Trek sci-fi, which the previous 15 films felt like. So it was nice to get a little upgrade there. Um, Felt like, I don't know, if you if you can imagine what Under Siege would feel like with Godzilla roaming around, that's the kind of tone of the movie. Um, no, I wish that so was yeah. real. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was good fun, Um, even though... It being only Godzilla, there were no other monsters in it, so it felt a little bit lonely. And also, one of the dubbed voices in it sounded so much like David Mitchell that I couldn't unhear it. <laughs> you don't want that. No, that was quite funny. Uh, and then I just finished there last night, uh, Godzilla versus Biollante, which was um, one of the better backstories to a Godzilla movie. Um. But that and, and I did enjoy it, but towards the end it started to meander a bit. But the essentially the story is 
there's a scientist they, they've collected godzilla godzilla cells um at the end of return of godzilla because at the end of return of godzilla godzilla gets tricked into falling into a volcano right <laughs> so they collect some cells that they got from somewhere and a scientist merges the cells with uh his daughter who has died right and with the cells of a rose because he's like a biologist and these three combined create the new monster so rather than it just being a wacky monster it's a monster that has like um part is partly composed of the dead daughter of the like lead scientist in the movie so there's a little bit of like oh it's a big monster so godzilla needs to be kill the monster but also it's my daughter and it's and so there's a little bit of conflict (laughs) there and the monster is actually really cool looking violante um that's the godzilla update i'm on number uh 18 now of 34 or something so i'm i'm trying to get them done before before godzilla first kong but i still got a lot to go but luckily they're all like an hour 30 hour 40 so they're not too hard to get through Uh, i also watched some other movies i watched a different kind of kaiju movie because i was tired of watching godzilla movies every day every two days so i watched colossal have either of you seen colossal no with anne hathaway never even heard of it i don't think oh Oh, i think i I have heard of it yeah yeah i think i've I've never seen it so anne hathaway stars in colossal and uh the 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 gimmick working the gimmick the gimmick is that she somehow has a like psychic link to a giant monster that is attacking seoul in south korea and she discovers that like she goes to a certain area of a park at a certain time of the day and whatever she does is replicated by the movements of the monster. So she realizes this and then the movie, you know, goes from there. Um, movie actually tur- turned out not to be that kaiju-y. Obviously, that's kind of the, um, that, that that almost sounded dodgy to say kaiju-y. But um, it, uh, it turned out to actually not be so kaiju-related and to be more about the characters themselves. Um, there is a... There's a, a potential boyfriend character played by Jason Sudeikis, who I'm not a huge fan of generally anyway. He's quite good in it. But then that turns into like an abusive relationship. And then the abusive relationship is manifested in the monster behavior also. And so you remember when um, Mother came out and whatever way people feel about Mother, it is what it is. But there was there was a, a specific criticism that Mother was like too on the nose with its subtext, right? Too obvious with its uh, allegory. Uh, mm. I thought Colossal was like ten times worse for that. It was it was so obvious what they were doing with, um, oh, the abusive boyfriend is so abusive, and oh, he then he starts becoming a monster, and who's the? And I think they actually say in the movie like, who is the real monster? Is it people or is it? as i you've 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 hit the nail on the head there one too many times for me unfortunately um and also none of the characters were very likable even anne hathaway who was who was supposed to be like the most likable character and of course Mm. as a as as a character who who undergoes uh, an abusive relationship you would expect that character to be to be a sympathetic one and to be very likable but she's like she's like a, a an alcoholic uh layabout who doesn't get on well with anyone and and that, that's another thing that the film hints at is like, well, she's drinking to hide her 
their feelings or whatever. It's like, ugh. I don't like any of these characters. There's not enough kaiju action for me. So, <laughs> like in the middle, it was, the performances were good. It was a bit on the nose with its with its uh, hinted at story and themes, but it was fine. Uh, and then I watched a real good movie that I'd seen already. But on Friday night, I think it was, I was looking at the Blu-rays, which are in front of me here, and I was thinking I'm in the mood for a kind of irreverent movie not necessarily a comedy but something like you know like big lebowski one of those kind of movies and so i looked at the i looked at the movies looked through them all uh and i said well big lebowski it is so and uh, we watched the big lebowski again that's a good movie let me tell you i really like the big lebowski a good film it well, is never... it's um what? Big Lebowski is great. It's um, it's almost a genre of its own in that it's mm. like, it's like a stoner noir. Yeah, it's like not. It's funny, but it's not necessarily a comedy. It is more a noir than a comedy, but it's a noir mm. with like very stonery uh, aspects to it. Uh, Jeff Bridges is great in it. It has the wonderful John Goodman in it. Now, if there's ever an actor. To do a The Rock Tom Hanks style watch through, John Goodman might be the one. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah. Yeah. John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, Jeff Bridges, Je- John Turturro, Julianne Moore, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, like, stellar cast. Really, really great. Reminded me a bit of a film that now, in retrospect, having watched Big Lebowski again, I'm sure is very uh, inspired by it, but that's Under the Silver Lake. That's one that I might need to rewatch in a few uh, in a year, uh, maybe because that that's that's another movie that I would maybe classify as a kind of stonery noir. Not as good mm. as Big Lebowski, obviously, but Big Lebowski, oh, it's tremendous. All the performances are great in it; they're all great. And also, one of my favorite performances in it is the great Sam Elliott shows up, and damn, I can mm. listen to that man talk for hours and hours. And then finally. I watched uh, Shaolin Soccer again because one of the actors in it died yesterday. Oh. Uh, his name was, mm. let me just get the uh, the cast up here, uh, Man Tat. Uh, he played the coach in that movie, the coach of the, the soccer team. So I saw on Twitter that he passed away yesterday at the age of 70, I believe, 69, 70. Uh, and so I stuck Shaolin Soccer in again, which I have on DVD. And uh, that is a movie that I really enjoy. Uh, one thing I will say, though, if anyone has, uh, no, if anyone has not seen Shaolin Soccer, or I'm sure you could pick up a DVD of it for like a euro at this stage. A penny, yeah. Um, it come with two versions, the uh, original Cantonese version and then the edited US, I think Miramax handled distribution of it. But it's, there's like an edited dubbed version, which is like 20 minutes shorter. I actually prefer the dubbed version than the original Ooh. version, which is not something that I'd say for many things. Uh, I think the, the I, I, w- I don't want to say extended version, the original version. I think it does, the pace is a little bit slower for what is a madcap zany movie. Uh, so I think the shorter overall uh, length allows the pace of the movie to be frenetic like the, the, the action mm. is and all that. Um one thing that the movie edits out as well, or what, excuse me, one thing <laughs> the movie doesn't edit anything. One thing that is edited out of the movie 
a lot a lot of violence edited out of it. There's, there's like blood and there's characters being hit in the stomach and they're like vomiting up. A lot of that is edited out of the US version for whatever reason. Maybe it was to get a PG rating or something. But um, again, I like I prefer the the kind of childish tone of the of the edited version. And also, the actors who do the um, the English dub are are all quite like wacky accents and so on. Even though Stephen Chow, who's like the the lead in it, he he did the voice. Um, he dubbed his own voice in English, so he does both. Um, I, I I really really like that movie. I don't think it's quite as good as Kung Fu Hustle, which is the same team. Stephen Chow wrote and directed both of them, and he also did a really good movie called uh, God of Cookery, and he did a really good movie called From Beijing with Love. Uh, but Shaolin Soccer is probably my favorite sports movie okay. uh, ever. Um, even though I think as a kung fu movie or whatever you want to call it, I think Kung Fu Hustle probably is the better movie. Shaolin Soccer is just such a fun, a goddamn fun time. And unfortunately, your man who was in it passed away there yesterday. So it was a good time to revisit uh, one of my favorite movies. That's all that I watched. I've also never seen that. That's very good. It's good fun. It's it's good fun. Yeah. A couple of a couple of movies just to uh, knock off. So we watched um, we watched Nine to Five, the um, a movie which I didn't know a whole lot about, but I've always wanted to see. So it's a the Dolly Parton, Jane Fonda, uh, Lily Tomlin movie. Uh, all I knew right. was that three were in it, and of course I knew Nine to Five, very famous uh, Dolly Parton song. And so I thought I should always watch that. I bet it's really good. And it was very much not what I was expecting. So I was, I thought it would be like a kind of workplace, you know, comedy drama type thing. And it was a total right. like zany kind of farce, like slapstick sort of movie um, where they get into this caper where they accidentally kidnap their boss and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, what? This is not what I was expecting from this movie. Um, but it was very funny and kind of entertaining and worth watching. Dolly Parton's very funny in it. It's, it was her kind of, not her big break, but her big kind of mainstream sort of out, you know, coming out. Um, right. Being, coming from being a country yeah. singer, actually being like a big time sort of celebrity actress, uh, singer, kind of everything. So, yeah, kind of a fun movie. That was on that was on the Disney Plus uh, star section. So I started digging into that. Lots of, uh, lots of old classics on there. Uh, and then we also watched uh, on Netflix, it was a Netflix movie, uh, it's called See You Yesterday, and it is a time-traveling movie about two uh, teenagers in New York who are like kind of science whizzes, and they invent a way to travel through time. And it's produced by Spike Lee, and I think he's a first-time director or a very kind of new director. But anyway, it's about kind of two, two black teenagers in New York, and a big part of it is about kind of police brutality and police shootings. Of, of young black men and that's probably the most interesting part of the movie I think the time travel elements kind of done well but it it has this kind of element where they they go back they interfere with kind of the timeline and then they have to go back and fix it and then they have to keep doing that and i think time travel movies that do that they tend to get a bit stuck in a rut because it's just the characters kind of continually going back yeah. and having something it contrasts like obviously right. the back, back to the future where Marty just gets stuck in the past, right? So he, he time travels, but then that's right. kind of 
like done. It's not it's not the core of the movie. So I think that was that was where it was a bit weak. But I did enjoy the kind of themes and the whole idea of like the cycle of violence that, that's impossible to break and things like that. So I would probably check that out if you're a time traveler, Leonardo, like like myself, worth worth a watch. And it was a, it was a interesting kind of movie. But uh, I see see you yesterday. That's kind of a thumb, thumbs in the middle, slightly up. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of all we watched uh, this week. Movie from okay, okay. Uh, I watched a kaiju movie this week. Uh-huh. Uh, I I'm not being as thorough as Paul and rewatching all the uh, the Godzillas, but I did want to before Kong and Godzilla came out. Wanted to watch the the movies in that sequence. I've seen the two Godzillas, right. so I watched Kong Skull Island. Um, this week, uh, since it is up on the old Amazon, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was uh, uh, pretty exciting. Lots of good action. Pretty, pretty visually striking. Um, like if 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 I had a criticism, it's it is loaded with CGI to to a fault. The, it's it's right. it's so dense every single frame you know it's it's that whole <laughs> that that yeah. whole bit i mean it's and a lot of it looks great it is a great looking movie in some points and then there's some parts that look bad and then there's some parts that don't even look bad but it's just like okay there's a there's a lot of you've kind of there's, there's so much fake shit going on around the, the characters that it's taking me out a little bit minor minor criticism i, I think it, i think it's, it was it was very fun um it was probably closer um closer to a more traditional kind of hollywood blockbuster than the than the two godzilla movies um the two most recent ones obviously uh the cast is obviously very eclectic and it's on paper it's a really good cast but in execution i know me and paul talk about this i I didn't think tom hiddleston was great in it um alison brie alison brie i keep it's it's been fucking a decade at this stage (laughs) brie larson (laughs) Uh, Brie Larson is is good. Samuel L. Jackson, he's kind of just doing Samuel L. Jackson. You know, he's not he's not reinventing the wheel there. John Goodman's fine. You know, every, everyone's kind of just fine, despite the level of names they have, which was kind of a surprise. Um, but I liked it. I, I I thought it was really fun. I thought and Kong looked great. And all the scenes where Kong had to fight something looked great, which is kind of the main thing. Um, uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was a solid thumbs up, solid watch. As I said, I preferred it more than the two Godzilla films. I mean, the first, the first Godzilla film, the 2014 film, I, I, I kind of get what people appreciate about it. I just, I just, I just didn't click with me. I, I just thought it was kind of slow and kind of dull. And the second one, I just thought was shite. I hated the second one. Um, uh, yeah. With one thing Robert's about tr- the, f- the first two that I would say is interesting, right? If you have time, Barry, go back and watch them. 15 movies from, uh, <laughs> from 1954 to 1975 because some of those okay. plots are so threadbare the performance is so bad you would you would suck aaron taylor johnson's knob <laughs> just for five minutes of him to show up and be boring because <laughs> some of those early godzillas are so threadbare i yeah. i would honest to god as a godzilla movie i, I would nearly reevaluate how i feel about yeah, the second one because i i think i was the same lines as you i thought the second one was pretty dreadful but I wonder how I'll feel about it revisiting it after watching oh, these those. fifteen early Godzilla movies that are like I've almost acclimatized myself to like accept them for what they are and and to not rate them versus other movies, but to almost rank them 
you know, how good is this for a Godzilla movie? Um, some of them, like nothing is happening for so long. And I would just yeah. like, oh, I'd love, uh, I'd love Bobby Millie Brown or whatever her name is to just be running around talking to Mothra or whatever she does. <laughs> um, but yeah, Khan, I, I felt very much the same way about, as you did about Skull Island. I thought um, Hiddleston was weirdly not very charismatic in it. And I, I like him in the Marvel movies and mm. whatever else I've seen him in. And even in real life, he's a very charismatic guy, but he just like almost can't be bothered with Kong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some really nice shots in it. There's the nice um, silhouette of Kong against the like red twilight background. It's, yeah, it's a nice yeah. looking movie. But I still hope uh, he loses. I hope Godzilla kills that chimp candy ass. I, I just, I just hope that movie is. I don't know. I, I because of because of not really getting along with those two Godzilla films. I'm just yeah. like, I don't. Everyone seems really excited about it. I'm just like, I don't know. Is it going to be an hour of talking about how we got to get Kong over here to fight Godzilla? And then they and then they have one fight, and I'm like, I, I I want it to be a fucking, I want it to be ninety minutes of them fighting. To be quite honest, yeah, I, I expect it's going to be closer. And to be fair, that's th- those first two Godzilla movies are very different in that aspect. In that the first one, I I I love. I understand the criticism that the the human side is really boring, and Brian Cranston is good in that first act, and then he's like the most interesting character, and then he's not in the rest of the movie, and the rest of the movie is the boring characters. Elizabeth yeah. Olsen has like no character in the movie. Um aside from like wife running. <laughs> That's her character. But I liked the the tease of the of the of the action and then at the end the action being paid off. Because I, I like my balls tickled once in a while. You know <laughs> you gotta tickle the balls. Um and then but the second movie was like ten minutes in you have Godzilla fighting King Door and it's like, yeah. a lot of action. But you know, I I then felt like, oh, you've not really earned that action. You've not made me want to see it. You've just shit it out in front of me, probably because of the criticisms the first movie got. And if anything, I thought the the the, the human side, like in the second movie, was even worse than the first one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. So I I expect it's going to be closer to the second movie action wise. Probably not as much. Maybe maybe a halfway, but closer to that second one. In that, I expect it'll be like a first act where there's an initial confrontation. Because you see in the trailer, there's the, they're like fighting on a boat or whatever. Yeah. And then, then there'll be more, and then they'll fight in a city, and then something will happen, and then there'll be a big... I, I expect there'll be like three action pieces. Action, in yeah. That. Yeah. So we'll see. So yeah, I watched, uh, watched that, enjoyed that. I watched it for the first time ever. Also sort of in preparation for... For the sequel, I watched Coming to America for the first time, um, right. uh, which is tremendous fun. Um, obviously, made me kind of realize that I, I haven't really seen much of like peak Eddie Murphy. Um, okay. Like I, by, I think I've probably by a good distance seen more of you know the shite years. To be quite honest, um, okay. uh, of his kind of transition into like a a, a kids movie star. Um, like do I've seen like the like do yeah. little, I've seen do little all that stuff. But like of his like great years that everyone fondly remembers, I've seen I saw Raw, obviously the the stand up, um, and I've seen like oh. Beverly Hills Cop like three. I've seen like one of them, one of the sequels, okay. um, and 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 that's that's about it. And now I've seen this, so and I watched this, and I was just like, I should I should make it my business to just seek out 
all the all the hits from you know all the all Beverly Hills Cop are on Amazon. Like I should Bowfinger. probably just watch them. Yeah, just like the the, the real the real the real greats. Uh, well, you America, you really, watched you watched Dolomite. Last I watched Dolomite year. and I loved it. Yeah, and, and it is great fun. Um, yeah, so so coming to America, really really fun. Obviously, I'm, I'm like one of the last people on, on the planet who hasn't seen it, so there's no point really explaining it. I've but, never uh, seen it. I've never seen it. I think you. I think you would like it. I think you'd really like it. Well, I know um, James Earl Jones is in it, and I, I like him. And he's fantastic. He's he's hamming it up. He's really great. Um, and it's one of those kind of um, uh, uh, dare, dare I say uh, uh, it, it walked so uh, Naughty Professor Two the clumps could run. Um, okay. You know, because because <laughs> right. Eddie Murphy plays about uh, so the, it's Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall are the two main characters, and I I was like I noticed Eddie Murphy was playing a lot of characters in prosthetics, and only about halfway through the film, I was like, wait, half of, the other half of these characters are Arsenio Hall as well, um, so they're both <laughs> they're both doing double, triple, quadruple duty, even to the point that I was like, there's these great three recurring characters in it. The premise the the premise is basically that he. Eddie Murphy is. I nearly said Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie Murphy is a um, uh, like an African prince who's about to go through with an arranged marriage. He doesn't want to do it, so he makes up a, a phony baloney excuse to his father. He's like, I, "I need to to go sow my wild oats in America for forty days before I do this marriage." And so he like gives away all his money, and he wants to live like a poor person in Queens. And it's kind of a fish out of water. Like, you know, uh, down in the muck, living with the poor people in New York versus being an Afghan. That's the, the basic premise. And, like, there's these great three recurring characters who he goes into a barber shop early on. And it's, like, uh, two elderly uh, black men who appear to either run. One of them runs the, the barber shop, and one of them seems to just be sitting there all the time chatting to the owner. And then there's this one elderly Jewish fella, and they're arguing about who's the best boxer and all this other stuff. And I and I and they were obviously all wearing prosthetics. And I looked at the, the, the like, the... The, the the black guys and I was like okay, that's that's Eddie Murphy and I didn't even realize until the credits that the old Jewish white man was also Eddie Murphy in in tons and tons of old white man prosthetics um, doing the most like the most over the top old Jewish man mannerisms and and it's just very very over the top um, it has a lot of eighty sensibilities in that sense um, but yeah very very funny um, and I am looking forward to the sequel, which I think is out next week or maybe the week after on Amazon. They got Arsenio, yeah. they've got Eddie Murphy back, and it is directed by the same guy who did Dolomite Is My Name. So I think that's a pretty good pedigree. Um, and I think one of the screenwriters is um, the creator of Blackish, which I have not watched, but I've heard good things about. Um, that was actually just added to Disney. I've, it's on my kind of my to-do list to get to. So, you know, decent, decent collection of names for a, for a, a, a sequel from nearly 30 years later you know or over 30 right. years even at this stage um yeah so thumbs up on on coming to america um what else did i watch this week then earlier today i watched um the original mortal Kombat movie um from 1995 um which i've seen before and i enjoyed and i haven't watched it in a while obviously they just put out that trailer for the new one which looks really good um, the '95 Mortal Kombat film is still still great, and it is still easily the best uh, uh, game movie, even as they have gotten better over time. You know, I like Sonic and and Detective Pikachu and all that, but like uh, Sonic is like good as a kids movie. And I'd always say to people if, if I'm talking about it, it's like I wouldn't confuse it with like a Pixar movie. Like, don't trick yourself into thinking 
this is like an actual great comedy that anyone can watch. So like it's it's a kids movie. It's a movie for kids. Uh, Detective Pikachu more or less the same. Whereas whereas Mortal Kombat is just good cheesy fun without any kind of qualification. It's like a cheesy action movie uh, with tons of kung fu tropes. It's really nineties in a great way, and then it has lots of horrific CGI that I'm sure at the time was was incredible. But also lots of like really genuinely impressive like sets and on location shoots, and it's like okay, this is this is back when even the cheesiest action movie there was still an art and a kind of craftsmanship of going and making these sets and going to these locations and putting the effort in, um, and it's 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 really fun. Um, it's kind of famous for you know, despite the property not being gory or anything like that but there's it's for a pg-13 movie in the states it's fairly gnarly i mean there's some cool stuff in it um uh, but i think it's 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 looking like it's going to be dwarfed by the the new movie which is going to be very over the top and, and gory right. but um uh, yeah no i think it's i think it's a it's a really nice uh cheesy 90s time capsule so uh, it's still solid but i'm very much looking forward to the new one um and then the last thing I watched was The Kid Detective, uh, which came out late last year. It's so hard trying to figure out like when stuff came out. Like apparently that had a theatrical release in Europe, but I'm like, when have the cinemas been open over here yeah. to, for that to even have come out? But anyway, uh, I found it online. Um, so that is fantastic. Probably one of the a uh, little bit of a little bit slept on from from last year because I hadn't really heard much about it. Until yeah. I saw Red Letter Media did an episode about it, which I only I say I didn't watch it. I actually only watched it today after I watched the movie, and I heard a few friends of mine talk about it in the last couple of weeks. So I don't know I don't know what caused it to kind of pop up um, in popularity in the last few weeks. But uh, it's really it's really really good. So it's basically Adam Brody from the OC, and I, I recognize him from Ready or Not. He's the the like stepbrother in that. He plays a guy who's kind of like a uh, a whiz kid detective in his in his uh, middle school years, like when he's a 10, 11, 12-year-old, solving, you know, um, people stealing the charity donation bucket, cats gone missing, <laughs> yeah. shit like that. And 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 now he he tries to he's kind of that he was very successful in his early years and then he kind of becomes almost like your prototypical uh, noir detective who's like addicted to pills and his life's shit and he has no money and he has no girl, but w- without the badassery because he, he's not like, you know, a former cop or like a, a, a wounded war veteran who used to go fuck people up, but now he's too old to it. He's like, there's an extra air of loserness about him because he was a, he was a kid detective. He was like a Macaulay Culkin character from another timeline almost. Right. Um, and so he's kind of this loser. And so this case falls on his lap that ties into the case that kind of caused his downfall as a young man into an adult when, when things kind of went sideways in his life and, um, he has to solve it. And it's, it's really funny. It's a really great kind of, um, uh, it's kind of a weirdly kind of dark, but not excessively dark movie. It's got some dark comedy in it. Genuinely intriguing as a detective movie, which I think movies like this always have to be. Same with yeah. Knives Out. Like Knives Out was all about kind of subverting a lot of those tropes, but I think the core mystery has to be good to 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 keep you, and it definitely is in in the Kid Detective. Um, yeah, so thumbs up on that one. Um, uh, so so seek that one out if you can. Uh, one of my one of the better films of last year, I thought. Yeah, I do want to watch it. I have a little trivia about the Kid Detective for you as well. 
Go on. Um, the movie is the score of the movie was composed by uh, Jay McCarroll, who's one half of um, the duo that made my my TV show of the decade, Nirvana: The Band, the show. Oh, so okay. if, you, if you remember that uh, that we shop video that went viral, yes, yeah, he's the he's the guy singing the song. Super Whoa, okay. Mario RPG. He did the score for the Kid Detective. Interesting. Wow. He he composed it. Yeah, a little little trivia that I heard that he obviously I heard saw the Red Letter Media thing, and then I heard he was involved in it somehow, mm. and I saw that he, he composed the score because he's like a musician, a proper musician. So that can be even more incentive uh, to watch it. I think and I think you'll to, enjoy and it. to remind people that Nirvana the band the show exists and that people should watch it. It's great. Um, right, that's our movies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about games for the week? Uh, yeah. Not a lot of games this week, but uh, do you want to kick things off? Yeah, I, I haven't played much Final Fantasy this week. Um, for just one reason or another, I've not had the the video game drive I normally do. That's not to say I'm not you know, still enjoying the game and I'm not still going to push on with it, but just this week, I just... Uh, couldn't find the time to sit down in front of the TV for a couple of hours to play Final Fantasy. Um, speaking of, uh, what did you think, Barry, quickly of the state of play PlayStation Direct thing they did? It was kind of like the Nintendo one, wasn't it? It was just. It, I, it was, yeah, very similar in the sense that, like, a lot of fine stuff. And I think the big problem for me was just a lot of the heavy hitters were the things I didn't care about. Yeah. Um, when they said, when they segued into the final segment where it's like, and now we're going to talk about uh, improvements to one of the biggest games of 2020. I thought oh. they were going to do the one thing I wanted out of this, was, which was a PS5 patch for Last of Us 2, yes. and it was in fact not what they did. It was basically that for Final Fantasy. Um, yeah, I mean, I spent ages talking about like the, that age. I've never been into the odd world games no, like i don't I, like them i don't like I, them. Don't, I don't i don't get it and they spent low and like five nights that that was the most interesting five nights at freddy's game but it's still i still have yeah. no interest in playing it no. um and returnal uh, looks okay um yeah that was that was about it for me returnal was the only death thing loop. I but i feel like we've been seeing the same death loop trailer for a year now <laughs> like i don't know any more or less whether i'm going to be into that game or not Maybe I yeah, I, the the gimmick I I still but I kind of I do get the gimmick and at the same time I don't and I do play the same level from multiple perspectives. Uh, I don't I, I yeah like, I don't get it. It looks cool. I'm excited. I love the Dishonored games, but yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Then they had a Pokemon Direct also yesterday, the day before. I don't know what they call theirs. No, I've seen Direct. But, update um, Pokemon update or some shit like that. That Pokemon Snap looks really good. I have it pre-ordered. I'm waiting to play it. Um, I love the Pokemon Snap on the N64, so I'm hoping for more of the same. They also unveiled their Diamond and Pearl remake. I don't like how it looks. Um, I don't particularly particularly have a lot of nostalgia for Diamond and Pearl anyway, so I'm kind of on that one. And then they unveiled yeah. Pokemon Legends, which is like their Breath of the Wild Pokemon game. Too Breath of the Wild, if you ask me. It just looks like they just copy and pasted Pokemon into the Breath of the Wild world, but I guess we'll have to see on that one. At least it was like an interesting take on a series that has been crying out for an interesting take. 
for like yeah. a decade now. <laughs> I yeah, I like I haven't played a Pokemon game in, in since I think the Game Boy Color. And, and, it's and still the same. <laughs> yeah, when they announced what was the uh, Sword and Shield, and it was like, hey yeah. everyone, it's fucking, it's coming to the Switch, right? Which is ba- effectively like a console. You're getting console yeah. Pokemon, and that's the one where I did tune into the direct. And I was like, okay, let's let's see what's going on here. And then it was just like, it's like, okay, so you've made this, uh, like you've 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 bigged it up a little bit. Do you know what I mean? But like, yeah, it, it uh, was yeah. like they 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 ported the series from. 3ds to switch it felt more yeah. like a 3ds game than a switch game albeit with better graphics but it didn't feel like a a triple a console game no Which hopefully no. this one's gonna be it does yeah. look interesting yeah. um though i'm not sure how it's actually gonna work in an open world but we'll see um in terms of what i've been playing then i'm still on zelda phantom hourglass on 3ds i'm like eight eight nine tenths of the way there so i'm almost finished with that um probably as i've talked about already one of my least favorite zelda games still not into it still find it finicky to control i find the dungeons pretty uninspired and samey the one thing that does really well is boss battles because using the two screens it has like you on the bottom screen and this giant boss on the top screen so that makes it feel like big but the rest of the game feels very small and doesn't feel very uh creative um, I've also been prepping for my EverDrive 64 to arrive. It's still not here, obviously, coming from Ukraine. But um, I've got a lot of ROMs downloaded onto my little my SD card, which arrived. My 32 gigabyte SD card is ready to go. There is one uh, modder in particular. And I'm going to mention this in case, obviously, I don't necessarily think either of you guys are going to rush out and buy a Nintendo 64 <laughs> or buy a, an EverDrive 64. But there is know. one there is one modder. If you give me a second here, find my profile on uh, the old Twitter. Uh it's Kaze Emanuar. That's K-A-Z-E. If you go to if you go to my Twitter account, you see it's my most recent follow. But I've been yeah. aware of this guy for a while. He does a lot of Super Mario 64 modding. And he's made like I think he's made Mario Odyssey in the Mario 64 engine wow. with, with the controlling the characters, like you can tr- control Goombas by throwing your hat. He's That's done cool. lots and lots of crazy mods with Mario 64, like extra levels, uh, Mario Sunshine, he's modded into the 64 engine as well. Lots of really, really cool stuff. Um, so if you're interested in that at all, you can just like get obviously a Project 64 uh, emulator. Download, yeah, yeah. download the Mario 64 ROM and, and play it that way as well. But um, he's the guy who did that Zelda mod that I played, uh, The Missing Link, which was really good as well. But he's like a proper, a proper uh, high level game like developer. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you I, I think if you go to if you just search his name, you'll find there's like a Mario wiki page that has all his all his mods and all the links to them. And obviously, if you look on YouTube, you'll find plenty of videos of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got a lot of stuff. I'll give you a, a quick rundown of what I have. If there's anything particularly uh, interesting, oh, my SD card has actually come out. So let me just stick that back in. Um, bah, 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 bah. I have, uh, yeah, a game called Forty Winks, which was unreleased. 
And okay. I remember, I remember back in the day when I used to read my little Nintendo sixty four magazines, hearing lots and lots about forty wings. It sounds that. familiar, yeah. I, I, I don't, I can't quite face it, but it does sound, yeah, familiar. Uh, Dinosaur Planet, which is again, as I mentioned last week, the reason the leaked why, one, yeah, the leaked one. The reason why I wanted to get it. Um, what else have I got here? An Ocarina of Time prototype. So I'm excited to have a look at what that is. Um. A Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time mod. I have a few Legend of Zelda mods, obviously, that I want to play, like um, versions of the game that people have made. Uh, I have a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater prototype, so I'm excited to see what that is. Okay. Uh, the Super Mario Odyssey 64, Rob, I talked about another one called Super Mario 3D Land, or six, Super Mario 64 Land, excuse me. Um, ECW Hardcore Revolution. Absolute, a, absolute a dog shit game. There. I know, I know, I know. But I just want to see what these are. And apparently, some of these might not even run properly or work. Some, and it's some like it's just... like a pro, like an alpha version of a game. Yeah, that yeah. Is horrific when they released. It. <laughs> so I'm just interested to see what these are. But I'm. It's more so for the ROMs and the ROM hacks. Not obviously ROMs are all ROMs, but the 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 modded fan versions of games. Yeah. More so they play like prototypes and stuff. I'm interested um, in 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 seeing what that Tony Hawk thing is because. Uh, yeah, uh, the, that 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 series has a weird history on the N sixty four. I think I talked on the show in the past yeah, we about, about the sound clips, and the, stuff. the music clips, and I think I think yeah. one Tony Hawk one is like a three D skating game. I think when they put two out, I think it's like isometric on the N sixty four or something like that. It's some. I think it, okay. I think it kind of looks like yeah. I, I remember kinda, seeing something like that. Yeah, it, it, or, it looks like the Game Boy games. It looks or not. It doesn't look like them, but it's the same style as the game. I, I think I might be misremembering. But, I don't remember um, if there was a DS game that looked like that as well. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it um, how it goes for you. Yeah. Um, so I'll let you know once I, once I get into it. Speaking of Mario 64. I've been playing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I got that, um, I got that uh, 3D All-Stars thing I mentioned last week. Uh, um, I yeah, as I mentioned, me and Brona are playing 3D World, so I was like, mm, I want to, I want to, I want to have some some Mario for just myself. So I said I'll boot this up, and I was going to go straight to Galaxy because I haven't played Galaxy, but I was like, yeah, let's let's do the other ones. I was like, I could, you know, maybe I'll play through Mario 64 again. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just wish they did a lick of work on it. Like it's just so. Because the thing is, I have you mentioned like Project Sixty Four. I have emulated N sixty four games for years. Like on my very first PC I owned, I was emulated, and so I've played Mario sixty four multiple times over the years. And I never bothered, but obviously you can go and find a mod that's like here's Mario sixty four, but in widescreen. Here's Mario sixty four, but with like uh, camera controls from the last decade. Um, and then to just boot HD this texture one, pack, HD textures, it's like, and to boot this one up, and it's just Mario 64, it is just Mario 64 on the Switch, and I, I guess at a higher resolution. Um, which is the one thing I actually did notice. I was watching a video, a um, great YouTube channel that I recommend, um, uh, Stop Skeletons from Fighting. Uh, which is a game about kind of oddball ports and weird peripherals um, and, and things like that. I think you, I think you would like it, Paul. Lots of Nintendo stuff. And so, he, yeah, he just did a video on he'd done one before about the N sixty four mouse, and so he did one just last week about games you can play with two N sixty four mice 
Um, and and Mario okay. 64 is one of them. So he had it hooked up to a CRT, obviously, because he's playing on an actual N64. And so yeah. looking at that video and then playing it, I was like, okay, it looks way cleaner. Like higher resolution will always be good because it's sharper. The colors pop a little more. There's no motion blur. It's a lovely clean. And it's like, that's where the improvements stop. It's like I, I found that little garden in the in the in the castle you can get to early that has the statue, and I was like, I wonder if I can read the texture on the statue now because you couldn't twenty years ago. I was like, oh no, you can't. It's still just a blob on the statue. Yeah, yeah. Um, very high resolution, so like you could see in in beautiful detail that it's a shit texture that doesn't look like anything. Um, <laughs> it's not like again like like bare minute like it's not in widescreen. So you you're playing your Switch and you're holding this little four by three uh, ratio game. I'm just like yeah. and 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 you know uh, like the the camera stuff. I mean that is that is the the one thing that I was like you know what I will definitely play this game through to completion if I had this one change, which is if they just had proper right stick camera controls. Right, and yeah. I, I played I played through the first level, because that's, a, that's a, a, a level you can do in your sleep at this stage when you've played it as often as we have. They did that fine. And then I got to the, 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 the Whomp's Fortress thing. And then I had a couple of instances where I was just kind of falling off ledges and just missing jumps and missing thing and i was just like fuck this this is just this is like i don't want to remember mario 64 this way so uh i i don't i don't think i'll be finishing it it's really disappointing uh, you gotta um, you gotta finish it we all gotta finish it yeah i've got the 120 stars already as as i was playing it i was thinking i i, I can't be the one who hasn't who hasn't beaten it in recent memory and yeah. um, but then i like i i well there's a game i'd rather be playing tell you um no, that's a lie. Um, <laughs> Donkey Kong sixty four. I flashed there. It's not very. Yeah, um, but like, I I got to the I got to the the first like underwater level, and I was just like, "Fuck this! This is not good." Like, it's just Jolly, so Jolly good. Roger Bay. Yeah, it's just like ugh, it just doesn't like it's just it, it was just like not fun and any le- other than the music, right. which is still great. Um, uh, you know, uh, so I I think I will keep playing it because I did I was other than that it's like yeah you know it's still like the jumping is still good and you know it 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 it, it does look nice yeah. and all the music is still is still phenomenal so I think I don't think I'll be doing 120 but I think I'll just do the run through of the game just and like get right. to Bowser and just beat him um, and then I will move on I actually move on to Sunshine which I I played Sunshine for like a weekend at my my one friend's house who had a GameCube. Um, and I remember not liking it very much, but I've never actually given it a proper go myself, so I'll, I'll probably do that next. But yeah, uh, and then I'll save Galaxy for the end. Um, other than that, not 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 too much on the old the old game. We actually haven't played much else 3D World. So we have got to get back into that next week. Um, you know, more of the stuff I talked about last week. Wreckfest is still a lot of fun. Um, Hitman, I did the uh, elusive target in Hitman 3 this weekend. Uh, still on Sapienza. They are still putting content out on the Sapienza map in Hitman 3. It is like it is like the one map they like doing stuff on, I think. Um, yeah. That was fun. Um, yeah, that was about it. I played some Uno on the PC at the weekend, mm. uh, which is which is good fun. Um, it's yeah. it's it's Uno, you know. It's just it's literally just digital Uno. Um, but yeah, that's it. Nothing, nothing else new on on my end there this week. Very good. Is that all the game, Guff? Yeah, I think so. All right. right. I have a quick 
explain and hmm, I wonder take it. I'm not gonna belabor it. Okay, as we we get the Iggy. So we have a quick explain and hmm, hang on a second now. I won um, do I though? Do I wonder? Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Wondertaker. Brothers of Discussion, because this week we had our Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards. Um, don't know why they wait till the end of February, like the rest of the world does it in <laughs> you know, the end of December, Saturday, January. But look. Uh, so just by post, that's why. Yeah. We no, just start right. taking the... Yeah, stupid. Go on, we're still here 2021. We don't need to do it by post anymore. Come on. So just to go through, obviously we're not going to go through the top 10 of all 200 awards or whatever. Just have a quick go and see if there's uh, any egregious cases okay. or any any weird awards given out. So uh, category A awards, Luthez slash Ric Flair award. Come on, pick one or the other. Uh, wrestler of the year was uh, John Moxley beating yeah. out uh, yeah. Kenny Omega and Tetsuya Naito. Um, our rest of the year, of course, was Brody Lee. I was surprised to not see Brody on the list at all, given the impact. Yeah, his, uh, his brief tenure. And I was surprised to see Jericho at number 10. Yeah, given mm. the kind of downturn year he had, not that he was yeah, that bad, but like, I think, I think people still credit him a lot with like the business success, which that word does factor in business, so you know. It's shit like 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 it's like the Ace Award. It's like was he a great wrestler who also moved business, basically? Yeah, it's it's mm. yeah, it's it, I, I guess rest of the year kind of is all encompassing. Yeah, because um, we then we then have most outstanding wrestler, which was Kenny Omega. Yeah, um, yeah, not nothing too too weird. There. It was Kenny Omega, Ray Phoenix, and then a selection of wrestlers from New Japan and Noah. Mm. Um, no, no one else from uh, AW, only Omega, and he was number one. I was surprised. Uh, yeah, I su- I'm Phoenix. Excuse me. I surprised not to see uh, not see Moxie in there when, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, all the New Japan wrestlers, to be fair, have had good years. Um, Okada, Suzuki, Osprey, Ishii, Takagi, Ibushi, Takahashi at number eight, and then Shiozaki from uh, from Noah. Tag team yeah. of the year, um, Young Bucks over Omega and Page and FTR. Um. I was surprised to see best best friends as high as they were. I know they had that really good uh, street fight match, but then Santana Ortiz down at like number ten. Um, yeah, it's strange to me. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a huge Santana and Ortiz that, that that Santana and Ortiz have been kind of relegated as lackeys for most of the year, unfortunately. A little bit, a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, best on interviews, Eddie Kingston, number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Moxley. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's well deserved. John Moxley at number two, I must say. I thought Moxley's promo on Dynamite this week was very good. Very good, yeah. Yeah. And I've been I've been someone who kind of toos and froze on Moxley a little bit in that I, I think he does ran, mm. ramble on a bit too much, but this last week's promo was extremely good. Uh who else do you have in there? MJF, Cody, Jericho, Taz. Tell you, they have some good promo folk over at AEW. Yeah, that, that category was a, a a shining light on the disparity in that department. Yeah, on the WWE side, you had Roman Reigns at seven, Pat McAfee at nine, and Randy Orton at ten. Randy Orton, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, 
promotion of the year and weekly TV show where it was AW and AW Dynamite. Um, I found an interesting best weekly TV show, uh, WWE NXT UK at number 10, Raw not even in the top 10. Because um, <laughs> I, I, I would just imagine if you're watching NXT UK, you're probably watching Raw. <laughs> I, I imagine the Venn diagram between those two shows is not a very big uh, on the outside. It's probably all the middle. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a lot of UK yeah. maybe that, that yeah. There's a kind of but pro- don't watch Raw substitute. Yeah, because they want to see you know the 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 um, Tyler Bates and the Walters and all that. I don't think it's the mainstream Raw audience that's watching NXT UK. Yeah, maybe it is because of you know matches in the year like Walter and uh, Ilya Dragunov. People mm. saw that, and some people were saying, "Well, that was good at least." Um, match of the year was was the tag match of Megan Page versus the Bucks. Yeah, um, the aforementioned Walter matches at number five. Um, Stadium Stampede down at number nine, and then number ten. That one was the uh, the big tag match from the Brody Lee tribute show: Adam Page, Reynolds, and Silver versus MJF, Ortiz, and Santana. To be honest, I don't remember seeing that match and thinking. I remember liking it, but I don't remember thinking, "Oh, that's one of the best matches I've seen all year." I think I think the moment does a lot of heavy lifting on that one. I would say. Well, it was a great like the show itself was great, and and the match itself, the match was great also. But while the show, I would like think yes, that was one of the best shows of the year. I don't know if the match was that high for me. Uh, Category B awards then U.S. slash Canada MVP. John Moxley again. Yep. Uh, then you had Omega Rhodes, McIntyre at number four. Uh, then Roman Reigns, Jericho, Bailey, Adam Cole, and Adam Page. Only it's, it's, nine listed here on Reddit. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny that the, there's all this uh, hubbub about like how Dave's audience is brainwashed and they only like AEW. I think McIntyre at four is extremely generous. Like, I'm just going to say this. This is a little like PWI. Yeah, because he's been the champion for a year, so he gets yeah. in, you know. Exactly. Uh, uh, like, I watched that that Rollins match that everyone raved about, and I was just like, eh, you know, it's all right. <laughs> um, Tetsuya Naito was the Japan MVP. I'm not yeah. a huge Naito guy, to be honest. Me neither. Um, uh, Mexico MVP, Ray Phoenix, you have to assume, based on his visibility in, um, in AW. Mm. Although, that being said, Pentagon only number nine. Uh, below names such as Pagano, Psycho Clown, um, Volador Jr., LA Park. Psycho Clown, uh, uh, the, the Fiend's Mexican name. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so. Europe MVP, then, right? I thought Europe MVP was an interesting one in that half the people who would be eligible. <laughs> <laughs> are are no longer eligible for one reason or another. Uh, so it's a very short list, only five. Walter Will Ospreay, who I don't think is anything to do with Europe anymore, but he's from Europe. Walter Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., Karen Noir, and Ilya Dragunov was the five. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, again, I mean, like... to be fair, there, w- there were no like OTT shows. There were no there were no shows last year in Europe. It's no. probably the reason for that. 
Uh, woman's MVP, Bailey, obviously. Yeah. Non-heavyweight MVP, Hiromu Takahashi. Um, non-heavyweight MVP? What a weird award. N- non-heavyweight. Non-heavyweight MVP. That's, what I mean. yeah, that's, that's, that's weird, yeah. Yeah. Why doesn't it just say cruiserweight? Or light oh. or junior heavyweight? Or also, why, why, are you, why are you doing separate awards? What is this? What is, you know, I don't know. Woman's MVP, Bailey, Sasha Banks on there as well, Asuka, Sheeta, Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa only at eight. I thought she had better year than that. Hmm. Um, Britt Baker, 10. That's tied with, tied with Serena Deeb. That's pretty harsh. Well, I, like the Swole feud was like shit. It was like really bad. True. True. Uh, that probably hurt her. And she was hurt for a lot, a lot of the year as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, best box office draw number one Conor McGregor oh that's, that's the stupidest category it's the worst category like it doesn't make any yeah. sense add up add up the box office <laughs> why are they voting on it <laughs> I do like I do like though um, number seven Young Books number eight Khabib Nurmagomedov <laughs> <laughs> just having me next to each other list I is like they are apples and oranges. Uh, Feud of the year: Moxley, Eddie Kingston. Yep, yep. you'd mostly agree with that. Nothing too egregious on there, I don't think. Uh, Edge, Randy Orton, number ten. Um, most improved: Britt Baker, number one. John Silver, number fair. three. Mm. Tai Chi, number four. I think that's a good one as well. Good pick. Yeah, uh, he was some someone that I wasn't very hot on start of the year, and I've kind of come around on number nine. Yoshihashi. Don't think so. Like no, don't like Yoshashi at all. Most charismatic. Here you go, right? Most charismatic. Number one, MJF. Okay, I agree. Mm, number two, mean. number two, Arthur Cassidy. Mm. In, in a sense, uh, I don't. I think his gimmick is that he isn't charismatic. Isn't that the point oh, of it? Yeah, it's a strange one. He's charismatic in his non-charisma. Uh, yeah, because when he when he actually they do the thing where like Arthur Cassidy comes out of his shell, he does his little promos. He's fine. He's yeah, he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, and then number five, Eddie Kingston. Number ten, Ricky Starks. So that's the you know. Yeah, I, I, I would have thought for this category, because this is this is the thing about this guy for me. I would have thought number one with the bullet, John Moxley. Because mm. he, uh, he, yeah, Moxley was number three. Because like it's like. It's because what I think most charismatic, like obviously the talking is the big thing, but also it's just the swagger. It's the, yeah. it's the, and like MJF, his entire, even as good as some of his stuff has been, his entire career, there's just this thing about him I can't get past. I don't know what it is, it, but it's like, it's almost, and this is a terrible comparison because I think MJF is way better. It's like this Miz like thing where I just, I can't get out of my head that he's just, he's just an actor. Do you know what I mean? He's just, a, he's a guy doing this over the top character that's just, as opposed to Moxie, who just comes off like a cool guy, a real cool guy, you know? Um, but that's, that's, that sounds kind of harsh because MJF should definitely be on the list. I mean, I don't, have, I don't have a problem with him being there. Um, yeah. But yeah. You have three very different. Kinds of charisma at one, two, and three. You have MJF, Orange Cassidy, and John Moxley. Again, yeah. it's almost apples and oranges. I would have, even though he's not necessarily pushed as hard, I would have Ricky Starks higher. I would mm. have Orange Cassidy lower. Um, Jericho's there. Cody is there. Uh, Tetsuya Naito again. Kenny Omega number nine. Mm. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know if I'd have him top 10 necessarily, but. And then someone like John Silver isn't on the list at all. Hmm. Um, Brian Danielson Award, best technical wrestler was Zack Sabre Jr. And then number two, Daniel Bryan. People just don't know anyone who wrestles technically. Like, it's just. Yeah. Like, who else are they going to vote for? It's just. Yeah. Like Zack Zach Sabre Jr. having like 10,000 matches with Tai Chi against Gorillas of Destiny is somehow the, the technical wrestler of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's a style. Uh, Bruiser Brody Memorial best brawler was Moxley. Brody Lee at number three on this one. Mm. Um, Shingo at number five. Uh, best flying wrestler was Phoenix. Yeah. Um, Darby Allen at five. I don't know if I consider Darby Allen really a, a flying wrestler. I mean, he does a lot of stunts, I suppose. And his finisher is a, a move up. As much as like everyone, who's... everyone, everyone is a high flyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Darby <laughs> Allen does a lot of like wrestling and yeah, he's an all rounder as well. I guess he's an all rounder. Yeah, most overrated. <laughs> Here we go. Number one, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. But like by who? Like it, I always have an issue with overrated or underrated because well, it's like on on what their their de- their definition in the, for the observer award awards and they should really rename it to make it clear. It's basically overpushed, right? It's like it's like overrated by the company that pushes them in, like relative to their yeah. talent, basically. So that's why that's yeah. why and that's why I don't know what he got this year, but for a decade it's been Cesaro in the underrated category because everyone knows he's great, but it's it's push, it's push is what they talk yeah, about yeah. in that word. Okay, so it's like overrated by management. Yeah, by right. Management. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then, then who who I would overrate or who I would underrate is not necessarily. But again, that that's why people are voting for, it, I suppose. Um, yeah. Number one, Bray Wyatt. Number two, Evil. I would I would agree. Fair, yeah, yeah. Uh, number three, King Corbin. Mm, you know, Corbin is more. is what he is. I don't know that he's he's not pushed he's really pushed. anymore. I don't know that he's pushed past his you know ability per se. Number four, Nia Jax, sure. Fair, Five, yeah. Braun Strowman, sure. Mm. Six, Goldberg. Goldberg is almost a category unto mm. his own. Yeah. Then number number seven, Cody Rhodes. I disagree with that. Yeah. And then number eight, like Seth Rollins, The Miz, Charlotte Flair. I don't know if the Cody necessarily fits in there per se. How uh, did how did Charlotte not get higher on that one in the year where she like beat Rhea Ripley and then and then Rhea had to get pinned in the three way where Charlotte lost the the title to Io Shirai? How did Charlotte not? She should have won that category. Now that I think about it. True, Charlotte should have been maybe higher on that. Most underrated is just a bunch, mostly a bunch of geeks um, who are good wrestlers. So you've got Ricochet, Chad Gable, Riddle, Mustafa Ali, Cesaro, Keith Lee. Well, Keith Lee got pretty. Keith Lee got a push. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii, yeah. Ray Phoenix, Aster Black, fair enough. Uh, rookie of the Year was Pat McAfee. Fair enough. I, I I didn't see any of his stuff, but I I, I believe he got good reviews. Yeah, uh, Anna J. Anna J. At number two, Dominic Mysterio at four, Top Flight at five, and Will Hobbs at six. I would probably switch those. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I think Will Hobbs for me feels closer to like 
the completed article. Top flights still feel very raw and yeah. maybe a, a year or two away from where they're going to be. Um, best non-wrestler, Taz, with the, yeah. the deserving win on that one. Absolutely. Um, best television announcer, Excalibur. Yeah, agree. Um, fair enough. Uh, somehow Chris Jericho at number eight on that list. The routinely awful commentary oh. of Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he did. Chris Jericho didn't make the worst television announcer list. Weirdly, um, yeah. Jim Ross was number four on both lists. That is quite. Funny. Yeah, he's pretty divisive, and I think that's. I to be honest, I think that's actually fair that he's there on both yeah. lists. So that makes that makes I, sense. I think he's the only person on both lists. Yes. There's usually there's because like yeah there there does tend to be a little bit of overlap in those awards because there is only so many announcers, um, mm. but the, the Jim Ross one that's pretty that's pretty funny. Yeah, worst major wrestling show was WWE Super Showdown. Didn't watch it. Uh, number t- number two, the horror show at Extreme Rules. I for number some reason three, watched some of that. That was the eye for an eye match. I think. They pulled it. Then number three was number three was WrestleMania thirty six part two, and number four was Money in the Bank. Let me tell you, Money in the Bank deserves to be higher on that list. And Money in the Bank should have won. Money in the Bank should have fucking won. Yeah, best show was Revolution, of course. Um, then this is why is this have an award? Best wrestling maneuver. Yeah, that's very fucking like I don't know message board of him to have that award. Yeah. The one winged angel one. And it's that it's it. That's not a good. Well, it's fine. Like what? Like I'd rather the fucking RKO one than the one winged angel, <laughs> or the coffin drop or something. Like you know, coffin yeah, drop is number seven. It should be new moves. Like just giving an old move and what can the suplex win? Can the DDT win? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good point. Is that? If a wrestling move ha- isn't new from that year, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be considered. Yeah. That move was is from 2016. That's not a 2020 award move. Uh, most disgusting promotional tactic. We, got, we, lo- we love this one. Uh, WWE firing everyone during a pandemic was number one. Yeah. WWE operating without COVID testing, number two. Banning talent from third-party opportunities, number three. <laughs> Running in Saudi Arabia, number four. So all... all WWE at one to four. Um, <laughs> I love number six. Ray Mysterio losing his eye angle. <laughs> <laughs> well, people who didn't like the uh, oh, that was too gory for me. Literally disgusting. The pound shop eye that he held in his hands. <laughs> uh, number five. AW continuing the Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara match. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> number seven dana white attempting to run a show on native american reservation yeah what was the ufc pet cemetery <laughs> uh, worst tv show was raw obviously yeah. beating out impact smackdown and ring of honor worst match of the year braun Strowman versus the fiend at that horror show at extreme rules match couldn't tell you what what that was. That that was um uh see so I I I thought the money in the bank should have won, but I, that one I remember not even watching because everyone was just like it, it apparently was just like the most bottom of the barrel cinematic thing. They just brawled around like a swamp for like a half hour, you know. Okay, I have no memory of that. Money in the bank wasn't even in the top ten. 
I, um, I that match is if I if I can try and work this arithmetic out my head, it is underrated in terms of not being discussed about how shit it was. Um, right. Like that match, that neat that if I I will go to my grave happy if I can make that match have the legacy it deserves is one of the worst things WWE has ever produced ever. Yeah, you had. Uh... Edge versus Randy Orton from WrestleMania. Bray Wyatt, John Cena from WrestleMania. The uh, Firefly Funhouse match. Yeah. That's alright. I think people just hate it because they the match. Yeah. Probably. Worst food of the year. Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton at number one and two. Um, Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara at number seven on that one. That and Jericho Orange Cassidy at number nine. I would agree on the Jericho Orange Cassidy thing. That really ran out of steam. Yeah. Far mm-hmm. earlier than they stopped doing it. Um, worst promotion of the year, WWE. Best booker, Tony Khan. That was obviously splashed everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Promoter of the year, Tony Khan. Best gimmick, Orange Cassidy at number one. Tony Khan. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Khan and Impact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Uh, the Fiend number eight for best gimmick. Yeah. Um, that's that's quite shocking. Uh, the Fiend was obviously number one for worst gimmick. Retribution at number two. Alexa Bliss at number three. That's a hell of a one, two, three. I got to tell you. Yeah. Three of the, three of the all time worst characters they have ever had and like the three um, that they built the show around for 2020 put all their eggs in those baskets and of the three i actually find the fiend the least egregious i think the uh the alexa bliss thing is, is it's horrific here yeah. even worse it's it's so annoying and retribution what a of a of a stable that was um King Corbin at number seven, just because people have in their head that they don't yeah. like Corbin because he's he's, I guess because he doesn't do like suicide dives or whatever. <laughs> That's what people don't like. Um, and Miro only at number ten. Come on, ah, uh, he should have been higher. Yeah, that's that's higher. Uh, best wrestling book was was the the Young Bucks book. Yeah. Uh, and then best wrestling documentary, Dark Side of the Ring, Owen Hart. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring was voted on individual episodes rather than uh, as a series. Mm. So you had Dark Side of the Ring, Owen Hart, Dark Side of the Ring, Chris Benoit. Then you had WWE The Last Ride, the series, not an individual episode of it. Dark Side of the Ring, Herb Abrams. Um, and that's pretty much it. So there we go. Hmm. Okay, uh, and then speaking of wrestling, that Big Show news came out of nowhere, didn't it? Will what a what a left field of that! I yeah, like if you had asked me to list people that I thought were likely to jump, he would not have been top twenty. I'll tell you something I noticed, but like the Babi Yoda, didn't put one and one together. Um, the uh, Zach Ryder or Matt Cardona and Brian Myers podcast Twitter, it's like at Major Pod Network, mm-hmm. I think it is, tweeted to the Big Show asking about like 
WCW versus NWR. I forget the question was. Mm. But I noticed that his Twitter handle changed to at Paul White. It wasn't WWE Big Show anymore. Mm. Oh, okay. And this was maybe like two or three days. You can probably find the tweet from their account. But I hadn't copped on that. I didn't even realize that it had changed. It just was at Paul White. I just thought of nothing of it. And only then when the AW news came out did I think, oh, he probably had changed his thing when he left WWE or whatever. So he's an AEW now. He's going to be doing commentary on AEW Dark Elevation. Not a great name. A uh, subtitle to a subtitle. Yeah. Uh, why not just AEW Elevation? Why Dark Elevation? The AEW Dark brand is so strong. Um. Yeah, I I saw people speculate on like maybe because remember before the pandemic when Dark was just two matches they would tape after Dynamite, right? So maybe when when normality resumes, the idea is that one of these shows will be your two hour indies and jabronis facing the jobbers, and then yeah. one of them would you know I don't know how they'll do, it, but one of the shows will then just be here are the Dark matches from Dynamite, uh, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah they could elevate Dark to be a little bit. Like shorter but more substantial. Yeah, elevation be kind of enhancement on Saturday night or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be against Dark having a bit more of a an attitude era Sunday night heat feel to it, where mm. there's like angles with some of the the main guys now and now and again, and elevation be kind of the the pleb show. Um, yeah, one thing that I thought as well when Big Show came in. Uh, or is coming in, I thought th- this would be a perfect time to do the um, the insincere babyface character with Big Show okay. coming from WWE. I don't know why, but that seemed to kind of fit with him coming from WWE to AW to come in and do the thing of, I'm here at AW. Oh, I love AW. I love the fans. I'm here. But actually be like a heel rather than yeah. to do the, the actual big face. I don't know why, but with Paul White and what we know about him and, you know, how seriously he takes things almost to a Taz level mm. uh, frenzy. I don't know why, but I, I, I just, that thought occurred to me that that would kind of suit him coming in. Yeah. Um, as it like seems like he's doing commentary, I don't know how, how he's going to, if he's going to be wrestling in the ring or whatever, but I would I would maybe expect that they might finally go in the direction a decade later of doing Shaq versus Big Show. Yeah. But they never did in WWE. They never did it. Now is their chance. Um, yeah, they did say he has a wrestler's license. Um, I think yeah. it'll, it'll, like if I was them, I think it, I would probably keep it to a, a, a quarterly thing or a pay-per-view thing or something like yeah, that. Because yeah. the thing about it, it's, it's a really fascinating signing because, like, I think he he comes with a lot of baggage of, like, 15 years of just being a punchline, basically. And, and, and every now and then they would flip the switch and say, okay, now he's a main eventer. And that would last, like, a month. And then he'd be back down. And, he, and of course, all the jokes about the heel turns and the face turns and the comedy in the series. Like, he's and, – and, like, he said in that Austin podcast himself that he thought it's been mostly shit for the last couple of years, <laughs> um, which, which in, in a way, kind of made it actually not surprising when you really think about it. Um, like, he seems like a guy who's actually smart and likes wrestling and knows about wrestling. And yeah. I think he probably looks at his lot in life and says, this is not 
what I want, but whether or not he can kind of overcome two two decades, I guess, at this stage of just really bad booking and uh, kind of just being met with eye rolls from fans. I think AEW is the place to do that because lots of other people have done that, but he could also end up like Miro at the same time, you know? Yeah, I wondered how do you bring in and push Big Show after the stink of the last 20 years on him? Just don't ignore How do you rebuild? Do what WWE does when someone came back from TNA and just pretend that they haven't been doing anything for fight. Like when Christian returned, (laughs) Christian's back. Where has he been? He comes out and Excalibur goes, It's Paul White. Having come out as the giant, it's Big Show. Like, yeah, Big Show's only uh, he's only forty nine. He's not that old. He's easier. WWE Saudi Arabia and a main event age. Actually, young he's coming into that. He's coming into that. He's on the younger side. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm fascinated to see where it goes. To me, more impressive than what he brings to the table. It's more just kind of impressive that they got him, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they just signed him as a fuck you to WWE. <laughs> just Tony Khan flexing his, his checkbook. <laughs> yeah. Saying, look, look who I don't know. I think that... Go ahead, Joe. That was it. I think it... Because it, it just strikes me as a bit of a strange one. But it is definitely, in terms of the notable signings, other than Jericho, I mean, and, and Moxley, this is definitely the most kind of notable jump in terms of the press and everything. So. Yeah. Mm. It's a strange one. I don't really st- still know how to react to it in the sense of, like, obviously, WWE weren't really using him much the last few years anyway. Mm. He's obviously still an attraction in, in a in a very casual sense of he's he's an extremely tall man. Um <laughs> he uh a giant, he's, he's a giant a, if you will. Uh, yeah, he, he's a name and if they're if they're smart with how, how they use him, he he can still be of some importance. But I I, I nearly think with how they treated the 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 giants they brought in in the last year year and a half like brody uh archer like all coming in brian cage to an extent although he's not really a giant but like all coming in and all being beaten by the champ right away i think you almost need to not do that with big show feed some people to him yeah uh initially feed feed him a, a chris daniels or feed him a uh I don't know Spears, uh, uh, Sean Spears. Yeah, people who don't really matter. Get him some yeah. ability that way. Um, yeah, interesting stuff for sure. Uh, I I I wouldn't be surprised. I I don't necessarily think it's gonna happen, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he if he got involved somehow in the Shack match this week. Just because it's been so long talked about. That old, that old thing. Yeah. Uh, so, what do we think of Dynamite this week, anyway? Mm, fun, fun show. Not a notable one, but definitely kind of lots of fun, lots of fun moments. Easy, easy watch. Yeah, it was one of those ones where, like, the main event was 
not so like storyline driven. It was just it's a qualifying mm. match for that ladder match. That's your main event, but it was a good match, you know. It was really good, yeah. Which kind of serves to make the overall show maybe not feel so important, but also also a good show where you get a, a real good main event. Um, one of our, one of Archer's better matches, I think. Yeah, since since he came to AEW, certainly. Yeah. Um, Phoenix did quite well. Sad to see that Phoenix won't be in the ladder match. I don't know. Maybe they'll do a a last chance uh, roll the dice match or whatever <laughs> they like to do in AEW, where everything is a casino. <laughs> uh, Which, by the way, did you see they released their casino game and it's just a reskin of a yeah. hard standard casino something or other? That's, that's depressing. That's that that is a misstep to me. Um, insofar as. I think one of the things we talked about when AW like first started going was one of the things they need to be very careful about is the goodwill of the fans and staying on the right side of it because it's very easy for for fans to fall out of love with the company and and resent the company as we see with WWE. Mm. And for for as much as they've been, you know, talking about their their games and no mercy, our game's going to be like no mercy and we're going to give you the the GM game that everyone wants but then the first game they, they shit out is some reskin of a bog standard chinese casino game or something you know it, yeah it, it feels very sleazy and that's not something you often feel when you you think about game it. game of the year in next year's observer awards <laughs> <laughs> melts us brainwashed everyone it'll also be number four and the most disgusting promotion <laughs> Because they they had a stream for their games and it, there was nothing in it. It was really boring. Oh, yeah, I watched. I watched it. Yeah, him and Brandon, <laughs> Dragon Man. Yeah, I like the behind the scenes. The console stuff was kind of, of interesting enough. Eh. Not, I don't think that, I don't think they had enough content in that in that video to bother doing a show. To be quite honest, no, I I, agree, um, agree. I think like if the if the con- if the casino game is coming out, they should have just tweeted it and said, "Look, it's out." Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's I don't know if it's available in, in Ireland. I've not been able to find it. I don't think it is. I don't know. Um, I'm not much of a gambler though, so I'm just waiting for the story to come out on uh I don't know, wrestlezone.com or one of those ones where it's like my kid bought four grand worth of AEW casino credits on my credit card and all, <laughs> all, the, all the press they get about that. Oh ten thousand Cody bucks. <laughs> 10,000 Tony Khan dollary dues. <laughs> oh, they should call their their currency Young Bucks. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, the only problem is in the game itself, aside from the little AEW uh, casino or whatever, whatever it's called, double or nothing at the top, there is no AEW branding in the game oh. whatsoever. <laughs> oh, so it's that bad. Okay. Yeah, literally the idea you just had is more than anything in the game. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, none of the games are AW themed. There's no AW avatars or anything for you to get in the game. There is no AW content in the game whatsoever. That's depressing. That's just, that. Yeah, they yeah. shouldn't have done that. That's 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 lame. Um, um, yeah. Also, on the show, you had Moxley against Ryan Nemeth, who seems to be wrestling everyone these days. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know why. Um, I don't know why he's 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 a a worse Dolph Ziggler. 
Yeah. Um, well, yeah, this this was an interesting week because it kind of felt like they were just like, let's see if we can just... We have our stars on the show. Like, we have John Moxley on the show, but he's not doing anything important. Um, and that's... So you put him in there with Ryan. And if, um, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's too much news coming out of this show. They've got a lot of stuff coming up in the next few weeks, but uh, not a lot on this particular episode. So, yeah. yeah. You would have to assume that the... Team Taz Darby Allen Sting match is going to be some sort of cinematic deal. Yeah. Because why else would they waste that super cool entrance on the dynamite two weeks before the match? Yeah. Where where Sting comes out with the body bag and it's hook and oh, Darby comes out on this on the zip line with the oh, skateboard. Like, why are you right. doing this on dynamite? Why isn't this on the pay-per-view? Yeah. Oh, Hook won't stand for that. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, so uh, that was very cool. Will we, uh, will we run because we've got obviously next week's dynamite is a fairly big show, and then we've got the pay per view. Yeah, um, let's run through them quickly. Uh, so, so next week is the um, also actually, we probably should, should mention tonight is the stream on Bleacher Report for the women's tournament. Okay, so that's your Thunder Rosa versus Riho, which will probably be excellent. Um and then there's a six woman tag uh, on the Japanese side and then there is the Japanese final. Um, so we've that. Then tomorrow Monday night we've got the Road to Dynamite about the Shack match. Um, I'm interested to watch that because I don't feel like they've been giving the Shack match the hard sell on uh, on Dynamite. No, I think they're going to be relying a little bit on word of mouth for that one. Yeah, people to be like, my God, Shaq is wrestling it on TNT, um, texting their friends. So I thought that was interesting. It has to be an hour long as a result. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what else is there? And then yeah, on Dynamite, then on Wednesday you have the big Shaq and Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet and Cody. I don't know how many matches Jade Cargill has even had. I don't even know if she's a wrestler prior to this. Um. So that match. I have no idea. Well, who knows what? And that is, I think it's live. I think the show is live. I think. Um, yeah. I mean, it must be. It must be. Uh, I suppose. Yeah, they don't. They don't want spoilers getting out saying the Shack match was horrific. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, which well, the made... thing is with the Shack match, they can even on a live broadcast, they can pre-tape the match. Uh, you know, stick it in as a pre-taped segment. Mm. No one will know. You know, and just tape it like an hour before the show. Yeah, yeah. So um, it'll be interesting. I, I I don't have very high hopes, but uh, but we'll see. Um, anything else announced for Dynamite itself? Uh, um, there's the um, number ten versus Max Caster. To see who gets in that ladder match. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I expect uh, it'll be your man from the Dark Order. I don't know why they would put one of the acclaimed in the ladder match. Yeah, yeah. Especially since like. 10, uh, 10 is obviously like a project that there is a little bit as well, so I think they want to get him yeah. a bit of notoriety. Um, yeah, I, I think there's another... The American Women's Final, I think, should then be on Dynamite. Yeah, maybe. I think so. So, I'm, I'm kind of confused. So, like... The... The final of the tournament is at Revolution, or is the title match at Revolution? 
think the title match is revolution. The title match surely is a revolution. So when when surely yeah it is it is it is it is when the title match is a revolution. When's the final of the tournament then? The Japanese versus the American because uh, uh, that because like they they the Japanese final is tonight. They. Oh, so yeah, maybe then, on, maybe then on Wednesday they're doing. Is it must it be on. It must the final must be on Wednesday. Oh yeah, so it must be Nyla. No, because yeah, because because Nyla won on Wednesday, so she would have to face the winner of Riho Thunder Rosa. Um, I don't know. I I, don't, I I'm not I don't know. the way they've they've done this this tournament on five different streaming services and on TV and then... you are you are the fan that Vic Joseph was complaining about too lazy to pick your little finger up to turn on bleacher report whatever it is yeah you got me you got me <laughs> um, yeah so um that would be that would be dynamite and then we got revolution on Sunday so I don't know will we will we do a show on Monday next week to to talk about it or what um yeah I'm off work on that day I always book off I have as well. Sunday show. I have as well. So yeah. I, I, am. We're all off work. We're all going to be staying up. Well, I'm going to be staying up late and and paying money for the pay per view as I do. I've I've done for every AW pay per view. So yeah. don't be giving me none of that piracy shite. I even paid for money in the bank. You have fuckers. <laughs> um, as much as I've pirated lots of things in my life. Um. I'll be staying up to watch it live on fight.tv, Same. which, by yeah. the way, I'll never follow them on Twitter. They're the no. biggest spamming bastards in the world. But I will buy, and I'll, I'll, I'll even give a little plug ski here. I will buy AW Revolution using the code I get in my email via the uh, Grapple app. Oh. They, they always send out a little link for you to, uh, you can order the pay-per-view using uh, dollars rather than euro, which works out as cheaper using the app they send out uh, if you're signed up to their email list. So I've done that every time. Uh, so I've got the pay-per-views for like a euro cheaper than I would if I paid in euro. So little tip ski there for the for the listeners. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I'll be up watching it live. And we can talk about it. Yeah, do it on the Monday. Why not? Sure. Okay. It's looking like a it's looking like a good card. Let's quickly run through it. Uh, Young Bizzles versus the Inner Circle, Jericho and MJF. I'm thinking Young Bucks are probably going to retain, and that'll lead to the dissension that they've been building for quite a while now. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and I think that match might be pretty good. MJF delivers in the big match usually. Yeah, there's only the one, the Cody match was the one that you didn't, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Team Taz versus Darby and Sting Street Fight. Uh, if they, if they, if it's some pre-taped cinematic thing, that's that's fine, so long as Sting isn't teleporting or doing <laughs> a uh, doing a Mortal Kombat fatality where he turns into a scorpion. Um, I mean, that, actually, that might be all right. I would admit, yeah. Uh, I, like, uh, if the finish is is Ricky Starks is about to get pinned, and then Taz starts spinning like the Tasmanian Devil, and uh, and and that causes a gust of wind to shoot Darby Allen into the sky, and then he disappears like a twinkle, like Team Rocket. Um, you know, <laughs> so long as it's so long as it's not that level, I'll be all right with that match. I, I and I thought I thought Sting doing a run in this week was actually pretty good. 
Um, it was. It was cool. Um, um, so Sting is up for it. Sting is always up for it, which I appreciate. Um, yeah, I, I also don't want to see Sting taking any uh, back bumps off a cherry picker onto one little dinky table. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, th- I think if they're clever about it, they can do it in the same mold as that Sammy Guevara, Matt Hardy disaster match, but be smarter about yeah the spots and who's doing them. I don't think it'll necessarily be cinematic per se. I think it'll be closer to what we've seen, like Stadium Stampede yeah. or the Butcher and Blade, Young Bucks right. match or the, okay. the kitchen fight. I think it'll be closer to that kind of thing. But if they're smart with it, and to be fair, like Darby is good for a, a stunt, as we know. Ricky Starks don't mind taking a thumbtack skateboard to the back. Oh, so I'm sure yeah. he's up for some, some crazy shite as well. I think if they're smart about it, they could they can have some good fun and, and not hurt anybody. Um yeah, Sheeta versus the winner of the tournament, whoever that might be. I wonder I wonder who it would be. I uh, uh so like the people who are left are like Nyla, Thunder Rose, Riho, Yuka Sakasaki, and Oh Ryu Mizunami. Um it can't be Nyla, surely, because they've done Nyla Sheeta enough. Um yeah. Um, Ooh, I think Thunder Rosa. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm thinking Rio because that's almost like the new age versus the the old guard, as as new as AW is as a as a company. Oh, but the old sh- champion versus. Surely Sheeta would have to win. Then I feel like this is the time for Sheeta to lose. I feel like this is the. I think this is the because they've made mm. such a big deal out of this tournament and also. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like something just makes me feel like Sheeta should lose here. But I don't know. I, I think I think they've got a couple of viable options there. So yeah, we'll see. Um, we've got the face of the Revolution ladder match for a future TNT Championship match: Cody Rhodes versus Scorpio Sky versus Penta El Cerro Miedo versus Lance Archer versus Preston Ten Vance or Mark Caster versus a mystery opponent. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ooh, um, is it the big show? It's the big show. <laughs> <laughs> Wheel. Um, speaking on big show, by the way, we never talked about. It, but you know the way with FTR, their music isn't the NXT music, but it still does the like say yeah. yeah. Surely, big shows has to be Wheel, and then something else. Well, where's Paul? White? <laughs> no, but it can't even be that close. It just Wait. has oh, real, and then no. something else. It has to be wise. <laughs> what? What? Oh, why? Paul, Um, this match should be good. Yeah, their ladder matches are usually quite quite fun. Unfortunately, we we don't have um we don't have Darby in at this time to be like absolutely murdered. But, it's, uh, it's not staggered entrances again, is it? I think they that's the casino ladder match. Yeah, it doesn't uh, say. Yeah. Doesn't oh, say. actually, no, because they're doing the tag battle royal, and that has the staggered entrance thing. Okay, yeah, so this should be a regular ladder match, which is good. Yeah. Uh, you have. We'll get on to the shite first, right? Uh, Adam Page versus Matt Hardy. Yeah. I think that'll be all right. I think that'll be all right. Oh. I don't think we bad. It won't be bad. It'll be a three star. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. No. yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt Hardy is one of the folk you feed to the big show. We don't need Adam Page being. <laughs> oh taken God! Over Imagine Matt Hardy. Literally. 
Big Show versus Matt Hardy. <laughs> no, Big Show's slim now. In the year 2021, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you've got Miro and Kip versus Best Friends. So Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. We have a big old piss during that one. Let me tell you. Oh, Miro. Oh. Um, yeah, on you have Casino Tag Battle Royal, as you said, Barry. Bear Bear Country. I don't think I've ever seen that. That's uh, a Discovery Dark Plus Order. show. Versus <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dark Order, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Versus Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Versus Inner Circle, Santana Ortiz. Versus Butcher and the Blade. Versus Private Party. Versus Top Flight. Versus TBA. Another, uh, mm. another TBA. Um, and then in the main event, you have Kenny Omega, John Moxley in... I don't know what to expect from this one. An exploding barbed wire death match. Yeah. What is it's this going to be? Is it going to be F is literally is going to be an FMW. I think so. Like barbed wire. Fair enough. But like, was it, weren't the exploding matches and F FMW and the like kind of hokey and kind of silly. I think it depends. I think there, there are ones where it's, I think it kind of just depends on the quality of, and I think AEW will probably put the money into because because Tony Khan is a nerd. He's a he's a nerd, and he's probably seen the shit ones where the timer goes off, and then he's um. like, and it's like you, you want the, do you know what I mean? You know, you want the, uh, and I think there's all because it's it's there's ones where there's a timer, and then there's ones where literally the ropes have the pyro tied to them and so someone gets whipped yeah. into the ropes and it blows up with it like so it, it could be a million different things you know didn't yeah. they say on dynamite something about there'd be like landmines on the outside of the ring Did yeah yeah something about that? how would that work like i i'm stumped as to how they would do that one intriguing safely but making it look good do you know what i mean yeah um i don't so, know i don't know what this is gonna be Hopefully the exploding aspect isn't hokey because they're going to kill themselves with the barbed wire anyway. So I hope they don't undermine it with shit pyro, you know. <laughs> it's going to be something, that's for sure. I mean, the last one was something. And I, I, I know it was divisive. I think even amongst us it was divisive. But I, I liked it. But it definitely was like, uh, I don't know how much further than that deathmatch wise i'm really into yeah like look if, if i if i really wanted that i'll go watch uh what's your man called smulk what's his name <laughs> the big Schlack. <laughs> like you know I'm, I'm not so into that per se if i want to see kenny omega have a good match i want to see kenny omega do kenny omega style yeah and of course they can mix that with the deathmatch style but i'm not sure how how deep into that into that rabbit hole, I, I'm, I'm really into, you know. But uh, that's the pape. Nice. I think that's all we got for today. I think that's it. Yeah, a big show this week. Um, yes, yeah, so we'll be back. Uh, a big show this week. Perfectly. Hey, there you go. Um, so anyway, this is uh, our show before revolution. So. Next week, it'll be a Monday show, so some of you will probably hear Tuesday morning next week. Um, we'll talk about Revolution and all that other stuff. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, and I, I guess by next week, we'll have seen our WandaVision finale as well. Um, so, 
look forward to that um yeah so thanks for listening everyone chairshoppodcast.com at chairshoppod um and all the other usual links to reach out to us and enjoy the show and email us as well if you want uh, so until next time it's goodbye from me barry it's goodbye from joe goodbye and it's goodbye from mr paul griffin goodbye